What are you drinking over there? Whiskey and ice. Whiskey and ice. Okay. Yeah. So whiskey neat. And ice. And ice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I came out of uh, drinking retirement with a, a little G and T. Wow. That's mm-hmm. not very little <laughs> for no. those who can't see the video. And a Benjamin Light is a glass. Mm-hmm. So I hope the uh, clinking of the ice on the mic warms everyone's heart this holiday season. Can I ask you a question I should have asked you before whenever this started? What started? But sure, yes. Should we do a PLO today too? Oh, yeah, we probably should because we're okay. theoretically supposed to do those every two weeks. So there's one too. So we have like a really sauced PLL to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> the rare treat. Is it the homecoming it's dance too? It's a festivist miracle. Yeah, it's a homecoming one. Magnificent. Magnificent. All right. Well, we're getting lubed. That's not a word. Lubed. <laughs> we're getting lubed up for this pod. I just took my first sip. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do headcanon. Okay. Such excitement. All right. Headcanon. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. Merry Christmas, getting, Marco. Getting lubered up over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are back. We are not going to be talking about a specific movie this time. We're going to do our top 10 for the year. Although, I suppose we can talk about Wonder Woman because we both saw it. Mm. Do we want to put like a spoiler warning around that? I guess. Yeah, I guess we do. Is that a spoilable end. movie? Do you want to say that? you have the internet. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. What is a spoiler these days? Like, if you don't know the plot to something 20 minutes after its release, like, or even trying. I mean, I think we can all say that we went into that movie wishing it would be better, right? Yeah, I guess I don't want to make that the last thing we talk about because, I don't know, we didn't care for it much. It'd be kind of a bummer note. So we'll we'll talk about some other shit and then we'll do Wonder Woman, I guess. So glad that it's finally out, though, because I have been like teasing the plot of that movie and tweets to people who asked about it right. for well, i know it's <laughs> like the book like the novelization or yeah, whatnot has been yeah. out for like months so yeah i made the mistake of reading it the, the like synopsis of the novelization and then i was like that can't be real that's so that's so bad and then i read more places and i was like oh shit this might be real <laughs> i saw like all right well why don't we do our kind of top 10 well what else are you watching um I mean, I guess I'll talk about that in my top 10. I don't know. Nothing, nothing besides it'll, I'm sure anything I'm watching will come up in the conversation we're about to have. So let's do our top 10 and then we can do a little spoiler section for wonder woman. I'll put a chapter mm-hmm. break in there for that. And That's then we can do I our have, Q and a, I have my whole, what I was watching when I was okay. reading, but no, let's okay. just blow right go ahead it. and go just, ahead no, and just blow right past it. Let's mm-hmm. blow right past it. What's your, well, let's just say we're top 10. Uh, this isn't how my brain thinks, so feel free to be upset with however I arranged it. But it's our content top ten. How many honorable mentions do you have? None. None, really? None. You actually picked only ten things, and they're they're some of them are pretty broad. I so. don't believe you. You actually were like, I'm only doing ten. No honorable mentions. No. Some of them. Some of them are pretty broad. I okay. mean, hmm. yeah. All so right. I mean, I have I have several things listed under a broad category of like number nine. Mm-hmm. This isn't how my brain thinks. So okay. this is this is your baby. So what's your 10? Oh, uh, well, I have honorable mention. So in your fucking face, uh, this is our, our content top 10. Any any piece of media or artwork in the year 2020, although I kind of cheated with one of those a little, I suppose. Um, 
You? You know, I don't make the rules. <laughs> so I've got, uh, we're talking TV, movies, books, video games, YouTube, whatever. Uh, oh, you know, I didn't put any ASMR on here. I probably should have. Oh. Yeah. But a couple of honorable mentions that didn't quite make the cut. Um, Brave New World, the TV show. Wasn't hmm. great, but I did enjoy it. I think it started well. And then like the last kind of the, the ending was like veering off into weird sci-fi land, which I wasn't really vibing on. But um, for the most part, I enjoyed it. I thought they captured at least some of the stuff in the book pretty well. Nice needle drop of fake plastic trees there in one of the first two episodes. So it was fun. Did you ever watch any of that besides the first episode? I got through episode three. Oh, yeah. So they, they had gotten back to um, Oceana or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever 1984 land that they're in. Is Oceana? 19, yeah, that's 1984. Oceana is 1984. Yeah. I don't remember what it is in, mm-hmm. in Brave New World. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number 12 is the All Be Gone in the Dark miniseries mm. about the book of the same name. It was, I, I'm not normally into true crime, um, but I thought it was an interesting series that was rare and that it kind of, as much as it was digging into the details of the crime, it didn't feel like it was like reveling in them, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of like to an exploitive sense, like it was very much focused on the survivors. So I thought that was a pretty interesting way they did the documentary there. Um, and then my number 11, I don't know if this really, I don't know, I guess it counts is the Hamilton, the musical, the, the Disney plus filmed version of it. I mean, I, I realized that the musical itself has been out for like, what, like four years or something, but mm-hmm. this was the, the release of the taped version, which is the only way I've ever seen it. So mm. that's my number 11. Okay. What's your number 10? No, you go first. You go next. Oh, uh, this is prepared to be, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading. I feel like I've done a lot more reading in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Make your jerk off motions. Um, Cause I, I honestly, what is the record? The first... That wasn't a jerk. That was an eye roll. Okay. Was it an eye roll? Let's see it again. You do like a full head eye roll. It is an expressive eye roll. Yeah. It's like your eyes won't move unless your whole head tilts. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, like the first few months of quarantine, I just couldn't read. I couldn't focus. My brain wouldn't let me. And I don't know. I managed to turn it around. So I, I read, you know, some great things. I read some, some, some okay things. Nothing, I don't know, nothing so amazing that made my list. I'm like looking at my bookshelf. Yeah, I just was glad to have fictional worlds to run away from this one. And you, it's your ten. Is your number nine going to be watching TV? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my number ten is, and this is going to sound completely weird, but I started watching a lot of uh, StarCraft Two great uh, gamecasts. It's just like somebody, like basically doing like commentary of a starcraft game i don't play starcraft i'm not sure why i would just like end up watching one of these every night um i don't really have an explanation for that i i found it interesting i guess um, okay so that's my number 10 it's uh i don't know weirdly soothing there's some dude named loco who's a pretty good pod uh, or a caster or whatever whatever you'd call those dudes um interesting to kind of like hear about the strategy and you know it's like a bunch of professional players and I don't know. It was fun. I guess it filled my uh, my jonesing for some sort of sport happening during the pandemic. Is this like a Twitch thing? Um, I think he had, the dude has a Twitch channel, but it was just YouTube. It was just okay. like it was like a game had already been played, and like mm-hmm. you can get like the game file, so you can sim- you just run it again 
you know, like simulation or whatever, you can just watch everyone's moves and then just like talk over it. So I think is how they do that. But you're not like a, like a pay piggy or anything like that. No. Okay. No pay piggies here. Okay. Um, yeah, my number nine is partially TV. Um, it's both real crap, like Tiger King, where it's a, such a dumb fucking show, but it was nice to have a dumb fucking show that everyone was watching. It's one of the times that, I don't know, the community was nice, but also I put here prestige shows that I enjoyed. Queen's Gambit, uh, Dark, which I'm maybe the only person in the world who watched. Normal people. That's not true. A lot of people watch Dark, but um, the more prestige shows, I guess The Undunning is on there as well. I don't know. It was, it, was, it was a time, especially this year, I really appreciated the, the, like the Twitter echo factory more than I ever have before. I think I'm the exact opposite in that regard. Okay. <laughs> Never appreciated Twitter less. Um, where are we at? Number nine, I have The Great, hmm. starring Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt. It was fun. I, I, Hulu, I feel like they're a little bit unrelated uh, or underrated in the uh, some of the stuff they put out. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we're getting another Veronica Mars, but I wish uh, they would do another season there. But yeah, I really enjoyed The Great. Um, it was kind of, if you like the favorite, I feel like you should like the great. <laughs> hmm. Uh, number eight is where I put my feel good shows, uh, Schitt's Creek, Bob's Burgers, stage, and especially the show that I can't believe that I enjoyed based on the plot, Ted Lasso, uh, which I may have watched like three times now. <laughs> the entire uh, show. The entire show. It's only like wow. 10 episodes. Um, just, I don't know. Like if I went back in time to like March and I described the show to myself, I would hit myself with a rock and kill future me dead. But uh, I loved it. And, you know, especially like the, during a point when I had to like go into like oral surgery and I was very nervous about it. It was such a relief to retire into that. Right. Eight. My number eight. I wonder if this is on your list. Uh, happiest season. Not. I, I feel like there's a lot of flaws in it and yet it's very enjoyable. Like it's, I don't know if you have not watched it, I feel like you can get something out of it by watching it. It's a, it's a comforting Christmas movie, even though some people are horrible in it, but it's like a safe kind of horrible, I guess. It's a happy ending. Mm-hmm. That's almost unbelievable, but yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is, is a real prestige show is I may destroy you, which I don't know if like thrilling is the right word because it certainly was cerebrally thrilling. Um, it's about a subject matter that I don't think I'd ever want to watch a show on, but it was so powerful and raw and important and entertaining. And I don't know. It's one of those shows that I'll be thinking about for years and I'm glad I saw it. And I can't believe that it came out in 2020. I, it's a very weird year. I kept thinking Watchmen was earlier this year, but no. Yeah, I think that was late last year, right? Late last year. Yeah. Like the Dracula show on Netflix was earlier this year. Man, that was hot garbage. It does kind of feel to me like everything from like everything pre lockdown mm-hmm. kind of feels like it was a, a different era. You know, like I don't remember mm-hmm. anything from like January. It feels like. Yeah. Now it's just uh, uh, I rewatch old shows and I just snicker at how close people are standing to each other. Mm-hmm. All right. My number seven. Mank. Really enjoyed this movie. Really? Uh, yeah. Believe it or not, nice little exploration of the life of uh, Mank there, writer of Susan Kane. Susan Kane, yeah, but yeah. I, I venture doing something a little rare for him, getting a little more personal, I guess you'd say. Um, 
Because his dad wrote the script? Well, yeah, his dad wrote the script. And also, it just it's more kind of like its politics feel more on its sleeve than you typically find in a Fincher movie. Um, it kind of has more of a perspective. It doesn't feel quite as detached. So uh, I thought, I mean, I think we talked a little about this before. I mean, Amanda Seyfried is excellent. But I, I was really impressed with Lily Collins, who I previously could not have given a shit about. Um, I thought her performance was really interesting and on point. And uh, is, as much as I'm kind of a little bit over the Gary Oldmanness of everything, I still enjoyed the character there. And Charles Dance is also excellent. Of everything. How much Gary Oldman are you injecting? I, I just, I feel like after he won that Oscar for such a like, Oh, look at me. I'm wearing makeup. I'm doing Churchill thing. Like, I'm just like, okay, enough of the, the Gary Oldman. But, <laughs> the Gary Oldman. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'd be very curious to read an interview with, you know, Fincher's deceased father or, or his thoughts on the, on some of the historical inaccuracies and just why, I mean, I defend a, a, an objects or a, a film's need to like have inaccurate historical details, but like Meg's wife is the exact same age as him. So I'm just kind of curious, why did she need to be much younger in the movie? I think Gary Oldman is probably older than Meg, right? It's probably very, very close. He's much closer to, to, to Mankiewicz's age than the actress playing his wife was to their age but uh i mean obviously it came out in december for like the prestige play the oscar play whatever that whatever the fuck the oscars are gonna look like in the next few months but uh i kind of wish this had come out like in october kind of wish it had come out like closer to the the election yeah gary oldman is like 20 years older than the character he's playing Hmm. 30 in some respects yeah in some respects oh because it's different times you know Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, so what are you we on uh your six? Oh yeah. Um like an uncultured monster. You teased me about it last week. But yeah, Phoebe Bridgers, you piece of shit. Of course she's on my list. Um she's what, what perfect. Are you t- what are you where is this hostility coming from? You uh were like teasing me and I just I won't stand I, any criticism. When was whatsoever. I teasing you? In our holiday episode. I feel like you're uh you're interpreting things said incorrectly, personally. No, you said I'm sure. By the way, by the fucking way, I have a bone to pick with you, Mr. You never look at my face. How dare you be such a horrible friend as to not realize I'm wearing glasses? You were wearing fucking sunglasses when we met up to do brainstorming. That is not the same thing as wearing glasses. No, but you said you have not worn glasses in years, which is. And you said I was wearing glasses the last time you saw me, which was not quite truthful. They are glasses on my Mm -hmm. face. Okay. Sunglasses. Am I wearing glasses right now? You are. Oh, my God. You you can see me? Mm hmm. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, that's wonderful. Well, I was really I was watching the cat you. behind you, but then my my vision drifted over, you know. As you should. Um Yeah, when have I ever said a bad word about Phoebe? I, I you just know that I other than I, that it's there's also a Phoebe Waller. And I will I will stand no criticism whatsoever. Um she's a perfect angel from hell and I adore her. I was just watching a cover she did of uh fake plastic trees the other day. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean YouTube and its weird algorithm glory has just gifted upon to me uh, a fucking cavalcade of like her covers from like the last four years. And it has been juicy. Um, I forgot how much I liked the killers read my mind until she covered it with Boy Genius. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She has a band called Boy Genius. And um, I don't know. YouTube's very weird. I, I, 
tend to look for YouTube for, I think, snapshots of memories of movies or shows that I remember. Hmm. And then I find other things like essays or whatever from there. I feel like you go directly to YouTube for original content. And I, I, th- I think that's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I probably watch a lot more YouTube than I, I do in the past. I'm not sure. I think that just sort of evolved from originally going to YouTube when I was bored at work and needed something kind of mindless to occupy my brain. Um, but yeah, I, I probably watch more YouTube this year than like television, you know, or like streaming services, I would guess. Have you, are you still watching like people making swords and stuff like that? I still get, still check in on those occasionally. Um, there's a, there's a lot of um, people doing like restorations of old like vices and shit. That like I can watch those while I'm listening. Like like I don't know. I I'm kind of become psychotic about like how can I like double and triple up what I'm doing to maximize mm-hmm. my like efficiency. And so like I want to listen to this podcast. I will do it while exercising so I can go do do you know two birds one stone. And then I'll also watch some videos of people like restoring a vice or you know whatever like a an old wrench. Uh, so because it, there's no audio, like the audio is really superfluous there. So I can be doing three things at once there. I feel like I'm I'm really maximizing my efficiency as a you're really building yourself up to a nervous breakdown oh am i okay i feel like i don't mean this as a slight but Mm. maybe take into the mind that your time is not that valuable and treat your brain a little more gently 24 hours a day treat your brain a little more gently and just enjoy slow down and just fucking enjoy something I mean, what podcast are you listening to when you're masturbating? That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Are you also watching YouTube content? <laughs> are you also writing a handwritten letter? I mean, <laughs> I only have so much time in the day, man. I've I've gotten more into, and this is definitely a you thing. Like people, videos, and part of it's the algorithm because I don't search this stuff out. But thankfully, it's not it's not offering me videos anymore about like why the Last Jedi sucks. But. Uh, weird found objects that they're going to build into something like uh i built this guitar out of a bunch of ramen or whatever like i've been seeing a lot of those kind of videos lately Hmm. i don't know i think as you get older you get really into engineering stuff like how things are made or taken apart i think i'm interested in just like the process of things like i don't necessarily need anyone even explaining it i just like watching it happen you know yeah i tend to watch them without sound off because you know i'm also on the extra cycle and listening to podcasts and masturbating Oh, you know, but, not not mentioned here. Um, remember when we all wa- used to watch Bon Appetit videos before mm-hmm. the dark times? Mm-hmm. That was like even when they like were doing it in quarantine, all at their own kitchens. Like that was nice, and then just nope, no Claire more. It's like you saw, you saw a little more of an insight into Claire's rage filled world mm-hmm. in her kitchen. I think she has like her own channel now. I don't even know like some of those guys even work put out a book Bon Appetit anymore. Like I feel like just what an incredible just destruction of like a good thing that was going because like the assholes who like run that magazine didn't want to pony up some cash. Yeah. To, to, to pay like who's watching Bonatine now. Like, Oh wow. I, yeah. I guess you'll just make no money rather than, you know, paying a person of color or what they're worth. Yeah. Well, it's, it's almost as if we saw more racial quality happen at the Bon Appetit YouTube channel than we have like in the rest of America. Yeah. Uh, where are we at? You did your number six, right? Yeah, Phoebe Bridgers, which I, I don't remember exactly when Punisher came out. It might have been at the start of the pandemic. The uh, but Netflix series? No. No, oh. the Phoebe Bridgers album. Okay. Um, that everyone in the world but you is listening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really appreciate whoever the fuck tweeted some viral tweet was just like, uh, if you've been listening to Punisher nonstop for the last nine months, the, you don't need to worry about the, the vaccine. It needs to worry about what's inside of you. 
Mm. But I mean, it's like she's quite accurately in a less sugar gummy way gone to the same territory that, that Taylor has elucidated for us. So well, speaking of Taylor, my number six folklore. What a nice surprise in the middle of the pandemic. I think like there's very few people that have been having good 2020s. I think Taylor's one of them. It's yeah. Saving us with her folklore. Um, really enjoy the album. I've listened to it an incredible amount of times because I listen to it every night before I go to sleep. Um, yeah, I think we've talked enough about folklore to understand where I'm coming from there. No one has listened to folklore more than me, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor Swift's my number five. She, uh, yeah, like you said, she's having a great year. I, I, This is my catch-all umbrella for both folklore and evermore and just going back to some of her previous work. Um, I don't know. I like I like Taylor a lot. I couldn't say the same thing like four or five years ago, but I also really appreciate just, I think we talked a little bit about the conspiracy theories that she inspires in her fans. I don't know. I kind of appreciate that in this garbage year, this is so much better than like ponder, you know, is the third part of the magic trick called Woodvale or as when other people are looking at like QAnon nonsense or is JFK Jr. going to fly back in from Hades and did Adam Schiff get arrested? Yeah. 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 All right. My number five is a book. It's called Harrow the Ninth. It came out this year as a sequel to Gideon the Ninth. Um, I really enjoyed this book. It's a very weird book that I could see a lot of people not liking if they like the first book because it's really committed to a certain conceit about one of the characters from the first book that it's it's not like it's like, oh, this is just the first act. It's like, no, you're going to read 400 pages of this before you finally get your like reveal to it. Um, but I, I don't know. I respect the flex from the author to willing to commit to that and, and to earn it. Um, it's a, it's a bizarre world in general that um, I think it's Tasman Mirror's name, the author, like that she's constructed these like space necromancers. Um, very odd. Definitely different from anything else I've read recently. So uh, I really enjoyed it. I want to put it on there. And it has like this a very last- dry wit, which I liked. This is the last book you read, right? Um, no, I read something else since then. Uh, can't think of what, but yeah. I'm going to say my next one. Oh, it's Ready Player Two. That's what I read. <laughs> oh. That did not make my list. Spoiler alert. I feel like anything I have to do better than that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm going to say my next one. Let me just say that this is entirely from my perspective without talking about the myriad negative aspects of it, but something like Twitter. Um, and I say that as a straight white guy who doesn't have to see the garbage that women or especially people of color see just for existing. Um, I don't have people tweeting at me, like uh, explaining things to me. I don't have people asking to see pictures of my feet, Uh, but somewhere past the doom scrolling and the glimpse into all the horrible people and their trash little thoughts. There's been some good people and I feel like they've shown up or things have amused me at times when I needed them. And in theory and not in practice because Twitter and uh, what's his name, that asshole who runs it. Jack, um, in theory, I don't have a high opinion of the human race, especially in the aggregate, but just I've seen a lot of things that have bolstered this idea that no matter what you're going through and everyone's going through something different, the idea that you're not alone in this increasingly meaningless world, I, I, I don't know. Little reminders of that have meant something to me. So, hmm. um, you know, like, like I, I 
during those, the, especially like right after the, 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 the heat of like what happened with George Floyd, you know, that was a dark time. And I was thankful to have news access very quickly right there. Um, what was, we were sitting there for those couple of days after the election. It was, it was nice to have people making dumb jokes. It helped, I don't know, in a very surreal way, release some tension for me, even as it made it worse in other ways. So. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much the opposite there. I came close to deleting Twitter earlier this year. Um, the only reason I'm on it is to uh, interact with uh, friends of the pod and, and listeners. I, I enjoy that. Uh, I think it's pretty toxic to uh, So exactly the same thing general. that I'm saying. It's exactly the same thing I'm saying. Not really, no. Because you're... It, you're I'm like, saying from a personal stance, mm-hmm. I was glad to have people there that... Even if I wasn't communicating with them, it was nice to see them having valuable conversations and delivering news past all of the garbage fires. That, of this that's year. totally fine. I'm not saying you're wrong to do that. I'm just saying that's not why I was enjoying Twitter. I enjoy it for personal connections with other people and not really as a, a news source or anything like that. Okay. Um, I did remove it from my home screen, though, so I feel like I'm making progress. Oh, good. Yeah. Progress is good for you. Um, yeah. Uh, my number four yeah tv show that uh this definitely like kind of crept up on me uh i started watching this kind of just like yeah i guess i'll watch it but uh this latest season that just dropped is fucking awesome so far the expanse um i don't know you 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 thought you dropped out on that show right uh not not because i was tired of it but yeah early season three Hmm. i stopped watching so they've just dropped they dropped like three episodes at once for the beginning of season five and then the fourth just dropped earlier this week the fourth episode is awesome. Like it's incredible. It's like it's close to the red wedding as you get. I can feel like, uh, as far as like a space, you know, science fiction show goes, it was pretty incredible. I feel like <laughs> more people I, should be talking about it. The show that I described as intergalactic game of Thrones and you got upset with me. <laughs> I feel like you're remembering something very different. Cause that's how I described it to you, but yeah, sure. No, no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the the last episode that just aired was pretty awesome. And it's just, I don't know, it's very satisfying to see a TV show that is, it's kind of like the people know how to make a TV show. You know, it's, it's serialized, but the individual episodes kind of have their own structure to them. It doesn't have that kind of streaming sickness where it just feels like everything's kind of blending together and it's like three episodes too long or anything like that. Like, I don't know, it's just like it's a very satisfying adaptation of a book series. Um and I really enjoyed it. And apparently there's one more season to go after this one. So we'll see. Do you appreciate it as an adaptation? Are you going to go read the books? I'm, I don't know. I may. I may not. I've got a lot on my reading list. But I guess I would, I'd be interested to read one of them and see, like, is this something, is the writing style something that would, like, drag me into it? Or am I just reading for, like, more of the thing? You know, like, would I enjoy it as a book itself? Or is it just kind of more expanse? Because the show, I don't think, will ever go to where the books go because I, my understanding is the last several books have eclipsed and gone way past the main characters of the show and the beginning of the book series. Like As I understand it, there's, there's nine books and it sounds like the show will end after the sixth book, which kind of like yeah. wraps up an arc. So there could potentially still be another arc they don't get to, which, you know. Yeah, and, and like the books go like into the future in a big way um okay um so again my number three this is on a on a personal level 
it's it's you know you can read it it's arrogant and i'm sure it is but it's this podcast i've appreciated having one obligation at times and not at other times but it's been fun to you know it's been a year for a lot of people rewatching things it's been fun to go back into lost and to go back into buffy and shows that i haven't watched in a while and and i don't know definitely look at them from a more modern context not that i would think that we've been entertaining or that you know we've delivered scintillating uh, criticism or what have you, but I've appreciated it on a personal level and it's been fun to share. Um, so that's my number three. All right. It's been a pleasure. My number three, God, will my sister stop fucking texting me in this group chat? Uh, sorry about that. Is that your number three? They're just like debating what to have for Christmas dinner next year. And it's like, is it really? Okay. I think you got some time. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Evermore, which I am enjoying even more than folklore. Um, I don't know, maybe it's something about the the style of the songs or the content of the songs, whatnot. But I think Evermore, especially in the first half, is like so strong. Uh been very much enjoying that since it came out a couple weeks ago. Hmm. My number two is a work of art in that Donald Trump lost the election. Okay. That's content. That's I mean, is it it has been content. <laughs> where were you when it was finally called for him? Uh, I'm not sure if I could say it myself, honestly. In bed, it was a Saturday. Yeah, it was probably morning. in my house. <laughs> it was yeah, it was a Saturday morning. Um, and then I was doing something during the day and just living in a kind of a an unreal world. And I remember you and I either jumped on Skype or podcasted that night, like somewhere around the time Biden made his speech. Yeah, and I remember that, and I remember having not one whiff that there would be you know, like a still running coup. <laughs> to, I mean, just today, I believe our president has um, decried the low energy lamestream Supreme Court for not stealing the election for him. Wine, wine, wine. You lost, asshole. Yeah, I, I think like I was like sleeping and like, you know, as 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 we all do in the doom scrolling era, you wake up every hour and a half and just check Twitter a little bit and then go back to sleep. Um, so I remember seen it and be like oh finally they called it you know but like i think to me the exciting thing was whatever day i think it was like on a friday maybe like thursday and a friday morning i was like mm-hmm. essentially up all night watching the counts update on like this site that some like random dude put up on github to like watch the uh like the counts as they update and like like here's the percentage that uh biden needs to maintain you know and it's like you're watching the the percentage of votes from every count that drops and what were they calling them? Like vote loads or something? Like they're mm-hmm. dropping a lot of loads at one point. Um, yeah, but and and just like when he he crossed over, I think in Pennsylvania and Georgia in the same night, if if uh, my memory is correct, I definitely remember Georgia. And it was like, it was like, okay, this is like until then, it was like the math says he's going to win based on the percentage of votes that are coming in, and we can extrapolate this blah blah whatever. But then when he actually crossed over into the you know the 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 positive call no return yeah, yeah well he's like okay now he's actually above trump in the count and so it's yeah. no longer like well if everything goes correctly he'll get there it's like now it's like okay now he's actually ahead and he mm-hmm. should stay ahead and those those that was an interesting week because even though you i mean during the day i, I didn't care as much it was easier to inoculate myself and enjoy the real world but at night it's that whatever that nighttime half that nighttime anxiety where like I need to check it every three minutes, but also I just had this weird sense in my vigil that if I didn't check 
results every three minutes that, that I would be responsible for this slipping away from us. Um, and then basically like, it's your fault that some of the centers didn't win basically like one of our, Gideon, one of our, that's on you. Yeah. One of our listeners, uh, Savannah tweeted me at one point, like, have you ever seen this dumb Keanu Reeves movie that's on Hulu? And I was like, fuck it. No, I haven't. I'm going to go watch this dump guy on a And then you fucking missed it. And that's, that's why no, uh, this was like Lindsey Graham was reelected. No, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I, you know, like things like that. I was like, thank God that somebody was just like, maybe don't spiral out for just one hour and a half. <coughs> Man. That's my number two. It's yours. Some, some gin for your ass there. My number two, The Last of Us Part Two. Um, this was a, a very interesting video game. I feel like there are very few video games I'd really think of in terms of art, even though they technically all are. All are. Um, this game upset me. It frustrated me. I was mm. pretty annoyed with it in the last part of the game. I think even tweeted, tweeted that like it should have ended sooner, but like I feel like having had time to reflect on it, I can appreciate what it's going for. It's, I don't know, does, does art need to make you feel happy? I don't know that it necessarily does, but... Um, it needs to make you feel something. It definitely made me feel something. Um, it was probably the only video game that really makes you stop and question all the the violence that you're perpetrating, you know, as a a video game avatar there. Um, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I was aware that there was like controversy about it. I wasn't really sure why. Um, in retrospect, I think it was probably mostly just a bunch of dude bros being mad because like a certain character died or there's like a trans character in it. Um, so I, I should have known that it was just stupid controversy and, and not anything really, you know, to do with the quality game. I mean, I can see why some people wouldn't like it. It's like, it's fucking brutal. It's just like, it's just like, here's a slog of pain, misery that's going to, and you think you're done and though you're only halfway there and you have more slog and misery and pain to go. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was, um, one of the only video games I played that really stayed with me afterwards and, you know, something that you, you think about. Rather than just like, cool, I beat it. Yeah, I think art just needs to either make you feel something or entertain you in some fashion. Because uh, just back to other people and and like like Twitter, for example, this has been a year, especially where you know there's been times when I've pulled away from the internet because I'm like, I can't, I can't personally take the doom scrolling or whatever. But then I also have this thing that kicks in with me where I was like, I don't want to lose this rage. Um, because I've been living my life just perfectly fine, not aware of other people's issues and what they're dealing with. And it feels like, especially now, I do not want to lose this rage. Um, So I don't know. Maybe a video game where you're doing whatever you're doing that's violent. It's good for you. All right. All right. While you're eating and listening to podcasts at the same time, I I presume. Of course. Unicycling and juggling. Mm -hmm. You just got to be as efficient as you can. Um, my number one. So this is where I, I, I honestly forgot. I remembered you saying favorite things. I forgot it was art. Um, so my number one is just sadly something I would not have put my number one or in my top 10 and maybe previous years. It's just other people. And, uh, I've gotten in touch with, with, you know, old friends in this last year in a way that I hadn't in a while or met new people, you know, as, as such as you can safely in 2020. And I don't know. It's been a nice reminder that we're not all alone, even if it feels that way sometimes. Art that even people. includes you. Mm-hmm. It even includes you, you. Oh, wow. So you I'm basically your number one bitch. is what you're saying. 
I'll accept it. Whatever you need. I have basically number three and number one there, right? Because of podcast as well. So, I mean, obviously, you know, who's, I really who's, am. The, who's the more appreciative of us? Mm-hmm. What's your number one? By the way, did you open your presents? No, I haven't yet. Oh, really? Okay. Interesting. In the, in the like hour and a half since I've seen you, I'm sorry, I haven't yet. <laughs> How long does it take you to open a present? You have to like do a fucking ceremony first? I do. Harness your chi? Yeah. I sure do. Mm-hmm. Well, no spoilers for that then, but I'm wearing one of them. My number one. Is it a cock ring? Yes. That's exactly <laughs> shit. You guessed it. My number one is The Queen's Gambit. I fucking love this show. I thought it was so much better than any show I've seen in like the last several years. Um, mm-hmm. I Anya Taylor-Joy's star-making performance could not look away from her. Like just completely captivating performance. Just just watching her face and the way she reacts to things. She has so much of the performance. It's not even dialogue. Is you're just like watching her play chess and like you know, you're kind of you know in her head as she makes these decisions. Um, really, really enjoyable show. It kind of zagged whenever you thought it was going to zig into the the typical prestige TV drama. Uh, you know, it's like oh something bad's going to happen. It's like oh no, this show is actually a different kind of show. It's it's going to have something else happen instead. Mm. Um, definitely my most enjoyable watch of the year. Can't wait to see her in, uh, I think she's going to be in that movie, The Northman. She's also going to uh, be Furiosa. She's going to be in Furiosa. I, I am almost tempted to watch the new mutants just because she's in it doing like a bad Russian accent as a Ileana Rasputin. <laughs> it's a movie that nobody remembers. Mm-hmm. But a few people who saw it. <laughs> I think it might be out now. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um. It's not my number ones, but uh, I don't want to lose because I won't remember them next year when this podcast returns. I just watched Steve McQueen's Lovers Rock mm-hmm. um, a few days ago. It was delightful. That's um, the it's part of Small Axe. That's the one I've been hearing Axe. kind of the most yeah, yeah. buzz about. Yeah, It's not the John Boyega one and it's not Mangrove, which I think is the other one that's gotten a lot of um, buzz, but it was just... I don't know. Like For the first 10 minutes I'm watching it, I'm trying to like get a sense, what's, what, what are we doing here? And by 20 minutes in... I was just like, I, I just want to go to this party. I just want to have this soundtrack. Uh, and then I've been lately reading Tops of, Topics of Conversation by Miranda Popke, which uh, is very interesting. Um, so do we want to talk about Wonder Woman? Yeah. So spoiler horn, I don't think this movie can be spoiled, but, but if you're one of those people who really wants to go in completely fresh, um, skip forward. I'll, I'll put chapter markers in the podcast, so it, it should be fairly easy if you're using a decent podcast app to just move on to the next section where we do our uh, Q&As. So, number one, this is a Wonder Woman sequel that's barely about Wonder Woman. It is and it isn't. Um, I I mean... It's about her longing, but then the object of her longing, I feel like it's much more pointed attention. I guess I would just say I, I don't hate this movie. I'm not mad about it. It's just kind of like, oh, that was a bummer. It's kind of a dud. Like, I feel like there's a lot of ideas in the script. The script itself is very messy. And I just don't think they definitely needed to be, like cut something, you know, and be like, okay, we're, uh, half an hour. Well, half an hour, but like they, they really, they needed to potentially get rid of the Chris Pine character completely and be like, he's just not in this movie. Or if he is going to be in this movie, you need to get rid of cheetah or you need to get rid of Maxwell Lord. Like you need to, to focus something. I feel like it was just too, too much at the same time, too many competing ideas. 
there's it's like oh look it's her invisible plane for some reason like this whole sequence in the middle or like you know like there's just too much stuff going on i to me it's a just it's a bummer because i think if they had done a few more revisions of the script they could have tightened it and i think it would have landed a lot better there's individual moments in the movie where it's like okay i can totally see what you're going for there i just think as a whole it's it's not enough about wonder woman and it's like weirdly missing the charm from the first wonder woman movie. Um, the chemistry. Yeah. The chemistry was to me, that was like the most bizarre thing when, when Steve Trevor shows up, it's just like not there. There's no sparks. He's, he's essentially a man child. There's the utterly problematic nature of body possession. I think my mentally, I was just like, this is stupid. I'm not like, I'm not deigning it worthy of my uh, my mental, you know, dissection uh, because I'm not sure why it had to be that he was in somebody else's body. It just, no, the movie it's does nothing. Assault. The movie does nothing with it, so I'm not going to bother thinking about it. You know, I'm just like, well, that's dumb, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason that it had to go down such as it did. Um, it's not cool though to think that this guy had sex with Diana like I'm saying, Prince. It's just won't. so it's so fucking stupid and unaddressed that why even bother getting mad about it? Clearly, the but movie doesn't even think about it. The thing that it. the first movie nailed absolutely was the iconography, which the first two scenes of this movie, like the the little baby Diana, and then like the mall scene. I thought, okay, this movie gets it, and then this movie lost it. I felt like. Um, so why does she fly in the 80s but can't fly why is anywhere it, else? Why is it in the 80s? Like, it was very for... American for, excess. For as much, like, shoulder pads and, like, 80s fashion that they put into it, it didn't really feel like an 80s movie to me. No. Like, it didn't... I don't know. Like, there's... You go watch, like, Hot Tub Time Machine, and I feel like you get a better vibe of the 80s than this movie did. Like, this movie had, well, like, kind of the aesthetic of it in some ways, but not... It, it didn't really feel like the culture was the 80s that she was living in. I, I just think this I could see where like maybe in the original consumption thematically it made sense to go in the 80s but it lost it whatever drafts eventually they started filming it's a weird kind of mixture of like Superman 2 and Batman Returns um, DC really loves doing the someone's the losing nerdy, their power or the nerdy girl who yeah. becomes like a, like a sexually liberated villain mm-hmm. um, which is fine one time but like no. Oh, um, Pedro Pascal. I mean, it's a lot cl- of interesting details of this movie. It's clear that there's there's some trumpiness to the the iconography. You know, it's big blonde hair and all that. But like, as soon as they introduce the the fact that like Pedro Pascal, Maxwell Lord, uh, his character uh, has like a, a son that he cares about, I'm like, well, clearly this is not Trump because Trump doesn't give a shit about right, his kids, right. you know. And so yeah. it's like there's some of the iconography of Trump, but like the businessman with the big coit hair. But this is clearly not Trump. Like I don't even know. Like Trump like breaks all comparisons to him because he's just a incredibly stupid sociopath. And it's like it would be hard to actually put that in a movie as a character because you'd say like well, this is absurd. You know, no one's like this, but unfortunately someone is, you know? So like, it's like Maxwell Lord has like far too much humanity and pathos to really be a Trump like character. Um, and also, I, I feel like the movie was giving so much screen time and attention to him and to, uh, what is, uh, what is her name? Barbara, 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 yeah. Barbara Minerva. Yeah. Um, they're giving far too much time to those two characters 
to really make room for like also Diana Prince and you know sad and she's brought back Steve Trevor, but you know, I don't know, like that to me just didn't land. Like I, I feel like the obvious solution in this movie would be to get rid of Steve Trevor and have it be kind of like a kind of like a, a complicated love triangle between Diana Prince, uh Diana Prince uh, um Maxwell Lord and Barbara Minerva. Uh but obviously the movie is uh you know, it's a big DC property, so they're a little too chicken to go there. But to because me, she definitely has to me, Cheetah, Barbara. Cheetah is the fulcrum between the other two characters, and that's what it should be about. Uh, but instead, we get Steve Trevor just kind of hanging around for most movies, like her driver, basically. Um, yeah, I just. He's her affirmation machine. Like halfway through the movie, I'm just like, didn't I like these two in the first movie? It seemed like they had chemistry. They have none now. This is weird. Like, why does it feel like he's superfluous and like kind of annoying? Yeah. Yeah. He's our affirmation machine. Uh, Pedro Pascal. I'm trying to remember what, how many you got like 12 points in there. Um, mm. Pedro Pascal is also Maxwell Lord. What a fascinating, fascinating distillation of like a comic book character into a two and a half hour movie. But does he have, I'm not familiar with like the lore or anything. Does he so have a certain Maxwell power? Lord, no, Maxwell Lord is like the um, rich asshole, benign benefactor of the Justice League for decades mm. until he suddenly takes a left turn to like be a surprise government allied villain, like in the the early two thousands. Like but, he he has his like Bush turn. The um, the um the Peter Fascinelli but, character from uh, Supergirl. That's not a different character, right? That might have been Max Lord. I wonder if he is. I'm gonna look that up. Oh, sorry, continue. But, but I mean, Pedro Pascal's uh, Maxwell Lord is, uh, I don't know. Like the Trumpian thing is so hard to even identify because he's not as fucking gaudy and like Great Gatsby esque and how niche and, and ridiculous his his nouveau riche bullshit is. Yeah, Peter uh, Fascinelli is Maxwell Lord and Supergirl. Okay, and I just I love that they they acknowledge like the the Latinx background of Pedro Pascal into this character too. Like, like he gets a very interesting, like little origin flashback. There's like details of this movie that I find very interesting in another movie. Um, it just doesn't gel, you know, it's, it just, but it, it doesn't come together, which is a bummer. To bring Steve Trevor in and like the, the fireworks scene looks good in a trailer. That should have meant so much more. And then it goes into just the, you know, like wanting to acknowledge like the, the, the old iconography of Wonder mm-hmm. Woman. But uh, like the fact that Steve Trevor's gone half an hour into the movie it should be, I don't know, it's, it's, it should be a good thing in this movie because it's like, fuck, I'd like to see Diana become the star of her own movie again. Um, but it's, I don't know, it almost feels like nothing. I think I rescind my wish is going to be an interesting joke for people to try to squeeze into memes over and over again. Um, the the Linda Carter cameo at the end is interesting, but is this going to tie into like this Amazon's movie? To me, it was just so bizarre that like they're like, hey, everyone, here's a, a post credit stinger with Linda Carter as his character. And then like after it, it's like and featuring special guest Linda Carter as you know Art- Artrius or whatever. And it was just like, OK, like this felt completely tacked on. Like I'm not, it just felt like a pure, like, Hey everybody, look, it's the original wonder woman wink. Like, I'm not really sure what the point of it was, you know, that's what they do. That's, that's all. I mean, like the CW shows that made a fucking, it was just so inorganic that that it was like, wow. Okay. I guess you're not even trying to work that into the story. (laughs) 
I think it's just supposed to tie into the Amazons movie, which theoretically would tie into Wonder Woman three, which I feel like is not going to get Patty Jenkins back. I, I mean, so. there's little there's little details that I don't complain about because it's a comic book movie. Like half the time her whip makes sense in a Spider-Man web slinging way. And the other half time it doesn't like, like her whipping onto lightning. I thought is it was very cool. fucking cool. Yeah. That's very Thor fucking cool. If you ever buy Thor, whatever. And then there were times when she's in the air where she's whipping onto literally nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. But at the same time, visually, I think Patty Jenkins has shown that she's an incredible movie maker, filmmaker. I just, I don't know. I'm I, I very curious to see what she does in Star Wars. The, the because... whip thing. The whip thing really made me think. When they made the first woman, it was like Captain America was where it's at. Let's give Wonder Woman a shield. And like in this movie, they're like, hey, you know, Spider Man is where it's at now. Let's give her some sort of slingy yeah. type thing. But yeah, her in Star Wars, I'm. I don't know. We'll see. Well, and, and very like evolving definition of like the truth aspect of the whip because I want to say like in the Linda Carter show. It was a lot of just like, I wrap the whip around you and you have to tell me the truth, which is, of course, is unfortunately true to the bondage origins of this character. I thought they were going to do a thing where she manages to whip Maxwell Lord and he's forced to like make a true wish or something like that. Yeah, but instead, she just kind of gives this whole speech to all seven billion people on the planet. I don't know. It just... I, I, it's like I can see what they're going for in various places, but it was just kind of too much to fit it all in. Does that thing go to all 7 billion, or I guess at the time it would have been 5.5 to 6 billion people on the planet, or does it actually just go to Americans? Why can nuclear <laughs> missiles appear out of nowhere, but not... But, but Steve Trevor has to but possess Steve Trevor has other to, guy's body. It just it didn't make any sense, which is why, like I, I said, like I'm, which, just, I'm not troubled by it because the movie just doesn't seem to ever care or to analyze it. And so I was like, whatever. Also, they're, even though we do see them wake up in bed together, they're kind of weirdly sexless through the whole thing. Yeah. Like there's just, there's no heat there at all. He knows what pop tarts are. Like, yeah. like he's had three pop tarts. I mean, it's like solely to be like, look at this guy's apartment. Here's some '80s jokes. I don't know how to get this stationary bicycle to like move. Mm. Um, the fashion montage, which could have been amazing, like that could easily have happened at a store. Yeah, could have easily. Um, and it was just bizarre because I, I have nothing against the idea of Wonder Woman still kind of like really mourning you know the loss of like her true love or whatever like i think that's fine but like 40 years later in the middle of everything else it just didn't gel for me at all like it just Mm -hmm. it felt like this superfluous side plot like i i I can see a movie about wishes and being granted and like the you know the the hidden costs like the monkey's paw thing related to her and steve trevor but i like adding in maxwell lord and cheetah at the same time like it just it didn't come together for me at all like it, it wasn't there no i mean it's it's this unfortunate sequel thing where you have to have two villains mm-hmm. and it's like i kind of feel like cheetah gets massively underserved in the second half of this movie oh, she kind of disappears for a while yeah yeah and then she just becomes because like, again the whole wish thing is like oh now i can grant you two wishes and nebulously like even though this character has an origin in the, in the comics you're just like this you know, Jellicle woman. <laughs> On it, yeah, <laughs> cat, yeah. And at one point, the Wonder Woman's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, here's some armor that I've never mentioned before. Here's a backstory for it." And it's like, "Does this you only does this only exist so that you can uh, sell another action figure?" Because it kind of feels like it. 
And then she finally, she puts the armor on. And, oh, look, she's got the armor on for like a, a short fight. And then she just like ditches the armor. And it's like, okay, I, yeah. I don't know what the point of that was, but sure. And then well, just it's just like how do you electrocuting, she's electrocuting Cheetah in the water. It somehow does not affect her. No. Okay. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, and like the the details of the like CrossFit parkour arena that they have, like that seems more hardcore than the actual obstacle course that they go on through Themyscira. Um, I just want to know, like, but they know the, the everyone's in this ar- arena watching this, you know, uh, kind of quasi Olympic Games, you know, feats of strength or whatever. But then they just all go off outside of the arena. Like, what's everyone doing in the stands there? There's like, okay. There's no cameras. Sit on our hands it. here. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the message of her mom being like, you can't cheat to win. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But it's like, I don't quite remember what the mass- mystical powers of, uh, of is, is it Hera? I think one of them's Hera, yeah. Sounds um, right. I know that the that Robin Wright's Antiope, but like I, I don't remember what their mystical powers are. So it's like, can you just sense through the island like what your daughter's doing or not doing? Yeah. Uh Hippolyta. In places, Hippolyta. Okay. I'm just remembering things that they do to Hippolyta in the comics and I'm mm-hmm. shuddering. Um yeah, I mean it, it, interesting movie. I didn't I wasn't upset watching it. I just kept thinking like this should have been a slam dunk yeah it just to me it seemed like they had this was like the second draft of the script maybe and they needed to do like three more drafts like they just really they had a lot of interesting ideas that kind of meshed together but didn't totally and they just like went and filmed it anyway which is ironic because this movie's been like on the shelf for like a long time already you know like i mean it was supposed to come out this summer originally but even then, it was um, like delayed like a long time and ironically mm. very unpolished. Mm. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing, too, where her now, I don't know if jumping ship is the right word over to to Disney and Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Like, like this is a good that's a good move to shore up before the actual release of this movie, I think. Now, I'm just hoping that whatever the problems this movie had may not have been entirely Patty Jenkins fault and that she's no. getting out because of frustrations with Warner brothers studios. And it's not a situation where it's where Lucasfilm has been in, unfortunately for the past few times where like they're trying to grab on to like the hot director name at the perfectly wrong time, like mm-hmm. Josh Trank or, you know, Gareth Edwards or, you know, yeah. Well, and, and I, I, I saw this thing recently with Zack Snyder, unfortunately. I don't know why I read it, but he made some good points about translating like DC Comics properties to film. And then he made a lot of points that were obviously serving of Zack Snyder, which were like filmmakers should always come first before like the characters and the properties. And I thought, I kind of disagree with that to a certain degree, especially, I don't know. It's a collaborative process, you know, you can't can't just be all filmmaker you know but i mean i think i think once you get to a point where it's like Zack snyder's justice league maybe you've lost the star wars Mm -hmm. um and and this movie is 1000 percent better than any movie that Zack snyder's directed well possibly ever but but especially in this arena 
I mean, that's what I would say. Like, like a Zack Snyder movie, like Man of Steel or like Justice League or Batman v Superman. Like, I came out of that movie like angry. I'm just like, mm-hmm. fuck that guy. Whereas, like, I'm not angry after watching Wonder Woman 1984. I'm just kind of like a little bummed. Be like, ah, that's too bad. It wasn't very good. What I feel bad for Patty Pat Jenkins for is my understand. My feeling is that Zack Snyder goes in these properties and he's like here are the hardcore things I want to do. And like somebody behind the scenes, some faceless suit is like, please don't, please don't have, you know, Batman go to jail and become like a, like a, like a prison sex joke or whatever, whatever that interview of Zack Snyder (laughs) was years ago. But like, I feel like Patty Jenkins almost has to protect some kind of sense of decency. Like she has to almost protect an audience. Like she knows young women are going to go see this movie and be inspired. She knows that like men need to see this movie and like understand that this woman can, this, this female powerful female character can exist. And, I mean, to me that almost puts too much pressure on the lead character because it's like, can Diana Prince be human or it is, is, is the weight of everything that she's representing too much for her to, you know, be a, a flawed individual herself. Great question. I mean, she doesn't seem other than her longing for Steve Trevor. Does the movie really give her any flaws in this movie? I guess you could just say she's kind of. I don't know. I guess the word like, that comes is, to mind is, is killjoy. Arc? You know, like she's what just is kind her of arc like from this yeah. previous movie to this movie. You know, like mm-hmm. well, it's like sixty years later or something. So yeah, yeah, should have been a slam dunk. Feels like a like a like parts of it were a huge misstep. Not unenjoyable, but... Oh, well. All right. So time for some year-end Q&A. We tend to do this about once a year. Hit you up with some questions. Not as many PLL questions this time. That's fine. Uh, So we put this call out just on Twitter. I don't think we did Instagram or anything like that. So uh, if you replied to us on Twitter, we'll be answering your question no matter what the question is. We're contractually obligated to. Uh, Mark, why don't you hit us up with the first question? The first question, though, I, you just reminded me, we do need to talk about the contest at some point. Oh, shit. Episode. I totally. Yeah. yeah. I was I, I was like, we should do that early in the episode. Clearly, that did not happen. Oh, well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephanie asks, if Trouble were to be a TV show, what would your job positions be? be showrunner or just writer? You know, I don't think they would let us be showrunners, to be honest. Realistically, <laughs> no. Realistically, unless we'd like done work on another TV show, I, I don't think they'd just let you come in. I mean, I, my preferred place in a, a theoretical writer's room for trouble would be, uh, just one of the people in the room to help out and, and encourage ideas from other people. Um, I mean, I, I can think of like three or four writers that I would want on the show. Um, just of, you know, people I know in Hollywood and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I don't think we'd be the showrunners. I, that's a lot of work. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like it depends on the showrunner, like what they're bringing creatively versus um, just managerial, you know, like there's different types of showrunners. Mm-hmm. There's, there's writing showrunners, there's producing showrunners. Um, I hate to use this example, but just two examples that come to mind immediately. Excuse me. Uh, the lady who wrote the book famous in love, mm-hmm. I think just had like a staff writing position or, or, or something. She wasn't showrunning that show. Um, I feel like showrunners secretly don't last for as long as you think they do. Like, like there's like the person you think is the showrunner, and then there's like the other people who've taken on that job. I like think the there's season. There are certain shows that have like 
known recognizable showrunners like for better or worse like Benioff and Weiss on Game of Thrones everybody knows those guys run the show or like Joss Whedon in his shows and there are other shows where you kind of don't totally know who's running the show and it might well, change a couple times you know but case in point since you brought that 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 problematic example up I don't think Joss Whedon's a showrunner for like Buffy season seven well it's no Marty he wasn't Knox. it was Marty yeah yeah mm-hmm. but but to a lot of people he was or do mm-hmm. I mean one podcast that we used to hate listen to they thought Brian K. Vaughn was the showrunner of Lost <laughs> and it's like no he, he never was um you know you mentioned yeah. various examples of showrunners uh is it Kirkman Robert Kirkman oh, I, was, I was gonna say Kirkman's my other mm-hmm. example where he's still writing that comic book like concurrently for well it's not it's over now but like for many seasons of that show he was still concurrently writing. And I think that's like almost dubious because it's like they're going to factor in characters later from the comic that he hasn't even created, mm-hmm. like in season one when he's just like a, a desk. I mean, I, I would say it seems like in terms of like what you would want, he seems to have a certain amount of juice within that show that you would want if uh, your work was being adapted, where it's like he's not the showrunner, but uh, it kind of seems like unfireable. <laughs> So yeah, sure. I'll take that position. Um, but I think also with him, my, my take is that he probably doesn't have a whole lot of power within the show structure of the fucking walking dead universe. Who wanted yeah, that? Who even knows? But I think because other, sh- other properties of his are getting adapted into shows. Like, I don't know. I, I almost feel like in Hollywood perception is, is a good deal more important than talent. I mean, if I was like like fantasy casting in my like theoretical writers room, I would want Brian Holdman to run the show, and I would want a writers room that consisted of a friend of the pod, Caitlin Riley, Allison Nelson, to to just bring that uh, just spark of uh, mean Chicago humor, and then uh, Emily Yoshida is a, a podcaster and writer who I've always enjoyed. I definitely want her input on that. Hmm. I'm not gonna pander to people I would want, but there'd be some crazy names. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so your turn. Yeah, I feel like in a troll TV show, I'd hopefully just be there to uh, learn to, to learn and to be like, well, this is this is theoretically where it's going. So keep that in mind, type of stuff. You know, ask yourself this: Does a trouble TV show's writer room need two more white guys? Not not more than us, no. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously the dream would be, yeah, showrunner. That'd be wonderful. But mm-hmm. it's the, the trouble TV show you have to remember too is a much, much different entity than, than book series. Mm-hmm. So your turn. All right. Uh, Marcos from coming from Catherine. Will you cover the Amazon show, the wilds? Yes, probably not, okay. but, uh, but you watch the a whole fun thing, show. right? It's a fun show. I've watched two episodes of it. Have you now? I have. Yes. What's your feeling on my girl, Leah? Uh, she the main girl, mm-hmm. or like like the 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 featured person from she's the first. The first episode. She's the yeah, yeah yeah. I mean, it's so far, and I realize I'm only two episodes into like what like ten or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's intriguing, but I feel like there's only two characters I really like so far, and so who's the other one? Um, um, what's her name? I want to say Martha, but it's not Martha. I believe it's Nora, the the sister of the uh, kind of jock diver from episode two. Why? I'm curious. Um, I don't know. She just seems likable, I guess. Like so a lot of the other characters and kind of like a take or leave. They just kind of seem like pains in the ass. Um, I'll never forget that years ago we did one of these fucking Q&As where somebody was like alternatively cast PLL. And I was just like, Helena Howard, any role. <laughs> is that her? 
Yeah, it's Nora. Okay. Yeah, I was like, any role, Helena mm-hmm. Howard. Um, I'm so glad she's on this show. They find a better way to use her as the show progresses because, like, the first couple episodes, I was like, I don't want her just to be. I couldn't. Though her sister. I couldn't stand her sister. And also, there's another jock character who's also very kind of like, I don't Tony. know, like annoying and uptight. And it's just like, or do we need two of these characters on the show? Yeah. 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 But, uh, no spoilers, but by the time you get to the second Leah episode, hmm. that's when all of my complaints about the show I realized were intentional misdirects. I'll put it that way. Okay. I also like Leah is like, yeah, I remember Lost. Remember when Jack got messy? Yeah, we we, we were we were watching. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably watch the rest of the show. It seems like a good exercise show. Um, so perhaps we can discuss it in a future episode of Head Cannon, but. I don't think we do like an episode just on it, but that could be like a, a big discussion. Like, what are you watching type thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got a lot of questions from Brenna. What do you think is the first question is, what does you think is the worst plot hole in a movie of all time? Huh? Um, you know, I had not really considered this question previously. I don't think a ton about plot holes, to be honest. Um, but the worst one in a whole movie is clearly how did Batman draw the Batman symbol in fire at the end of Dark Knight Rises? No. Um, how did he get back from the, the the pit? I don't know. Do you have a, a good answer for this? I don't know if I do. I, you know, so in my mind, the little bit that I thought about this, I kept thinking of twists and not holes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I kept thinking like, uh, Robert Pattinson's going to go talk to his dad. And also it's 9-11. <laughs> his dad works in the World Trade Center. And I'm trying to think if there's any movie where I'm like, like a, a plot hole really takes me out of the movie. I don't know if there is one from, from the movies I'm thinking of. Um, I'm, I'm, I tend to be fairly forgiving, I'd like to think, in terms of plot mechanics. Like if I'm into the movie and the characters, I, I'll all forgive a lot, I think. Oh, I think a work of art or work of fiction teaches you how to watch it. And it says, this is what's important. And this is not what's important. Let me just Google movie plot holes. See if any stand out here. 25 baffling plot holes that make no sense. All right. All right. Let's talk about plot holes. Haven't seen this is what you want us to do. Right. Yeah. Brenda, you want us to Google this? These are some dumb plot holes. So, okay. The empire strikes back plot hole here. Uh, Luke visits Yoda and spends months training with him while Han and Leia. Is it months? Yeah, well, I, mean, that, I think that's a very. Days? It's a debatable thing. How long does it take to travel from one system to another on sublight speed? Um, I've seen very no, no, no. explanations. But you just from said, it. you just said spends months. I'm with reading Yoda. the thing. I'm reading the thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I think, I think it it's very months. debatable how long it is. You know. Okay. I mean, but nothing, nothing comes to my mind that's like, uh, uh, let's apologize uh, if I have a truck through. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next question from Brenna. Sorry, we don't have a we don't have a satisfactory answer. Mm-hmm. It's not coming to us. Which mystery authors are your favorite besides Agatha Christie? I feel like you should take this one. I think you read more mystery than I do. Um. In total, I I couldn't tell you, but uh, the author that I always go back to because I really like uh, impossible crimes or locked room mysteries. I read a lot of John Dixon Carr just to relax. Um, and he's, you know, written the greatest locker room mystery of all time. They're not like great character studies. They're not full pieces per se, like Agatha Christie books are, are a little bit more. Um, 
Yeah. So, and I don't read a lot of like more modern mysteries. I'm sad to say. Yeah. I actually, other than Agatha Christie, I really don't read many mystery novels. Uh, ironically enough, um, problematic though it may be, I think a lot of the mystery structure is probably at least somewhat inspired by Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling. Um, I know inspired she's inspired uh, by. Well, just the way that she crafts her mysteries, the way that she drops little clues in, because each each Harry Potter book is kind of a mystery it's not really you wouldn't say this is a mystery novel but there are mysteries within them and and the way that she kind of doles out the clues to that is probably influenced a lot the way i write um hopefully not her uh, her turfy opinions but uh okay you're talking about trouble the trouble yeah oh okay because you said a lot of mysteries are inspired oh, no by. Not, not a lot of mysteries in like, general no whoa yeah whoa. um Next question from Brenna. Does Benji get along with Marco's cats? I don't think you've met my cats, have you? We've never met. No, of course I get along. I, all cats love me. And so, of course, we get along. Yeah, she's back there right now. He, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really hoping it was he, just so you could say that. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any movie that you would go back in time to not have seen? <laughs> I can think of two. Oh, yeah? What do you got? Uh, Suicide Squad and or... Maybe Batman versus Superman. Well, I guess the question is, do you want to not see it because it was just that bad? Or do you want to be able to like relive the experience? You know, I mean, I don't know if I want to, I kind of wish I'd never seen the rise of Skywalker. Um, Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. What, how, what is the, what is the scenario though? Like it would literally have to be you coming from the future and stopping yourself. Wouldn't it? I mean, I don't know when I would do that because, like, I'd I'd seen the spoilers for like months before Rise of Skywalker yeah. came out, and was like hoping they weren't true. So I don't know when I would have to meet myself to tell myself, "No, trust me, you don't want to see it." Um, I mean, uh, on the other way, I guess, like, I would love to be able to experience like Lost again, you know, for the first time, or Buffy. Um, Movie wise, uh, The Last Jedi would be fun. I, I guess I, I if you could erase all memory of the the Star Wars sequels and then watch that again, that'd yeah, be fun. But she's not asking what you would want to see again yeah, for the no. first time. I mean, I, this is where you break my brain, Brenna, with more alliteration. Is I think about what is the scenario in which I stop myself from seeing, for example, Rise of Skywalker. It literally has to be me coming back from the future and being like, "This will hurt you. Mm-hmm. Do not do it." And then me thinking about the the mechanics of time travel and thinking like, "Well, what if because I went back in time and stopped myself, something else went wrong? So therefore, I have to defy myself to go see it." Also, do I trust myself at all? I'm trying to think of like if any movie just like I found like so incredibly distasteful that like. I would probably just be better off, like, I don't know, spiritually for not having experienced it type of thing. Um, Suicide Squad. Yeah, I mean, it was bad, bad, but it was like, I don't know. Eternal Sunshine myself? I I just don't feel like Suicide Squad really, like, impacted me other than just be like, wow, that was a shitty movie. Like, it it didn't, like, I don't know, sear my soul or anything like that. I can't think of what has burnt me that hardcore i don't watch a lot of you know i don't watch uh um fuck what are those movies what are the movies Snuff. where it's the asked mouth the asked mouth oh thing? it's human centipede yeah i've never seen yeah, that i don't yeah. i don't watch that <laughs> mm-hmm. um because i know that my eyes are connected to my brain um, yeah i've never seen like irreversible i guess so. i've seen irreversible um i don't know i feel like maybe like a neil abute movie <laughs> is a pretty harrowing that- that said, your friends and neighbors would be an interesting podcast. Okay. Yeah, happiness. 
I, maybe I'd be better off if I'd just never seen that movie. I don't know if that really added anything to Did my change life. You? Mm-hmm. Did you? Oh, you, you know what? The, I've got to get the bomb and I have. You a, dropped the bomb in the hole, and I, I have a good answer for this. It's the movie U Turn, which I saw with my dad in the theater. Uh, the image of it's like Sean Penn. Sean it's Penn like he's, jerking it out, he's throwing some humps into. Is it Catherine Zeta Jones? No, it's no? a, it's a, it's a, um, Jennifer Lopez. It's Jennifer. Okay, yeah. He, they're like banging just like in a field and then she's like no stop and so he's like he has to just go finish himself off behind a tree because like it hurts too much not to uh i saw that when i was like 14 and i think it it probably traumatized me in ways i, I can only begin to come to terms with it like a psychologist so if i had never seen that i think i'd probably be better off as a person that's your view of human sexuality now mm-hmm. i mean is it worth it though to get rid of the uh why don't Patsy Klein make no more records? You know I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I will take it because that I, scene fucked me up. I really thought you were gonna finish that. Mm-hmm. Um she last did. question. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Doesn't that make you sad? <laughs> that time to get over it. How many times have we quoted that to each other? Way too many times. Last question from Brenna. What would be your dream podcast and dream show to guest on? Um Hmm. Dream podcast and dream show to guess on. I'm confused by the wording of dream show. Like, what are you saying? Like, are like we like TV a show? are we like a guest star on it? I mean, I, PLL is over, so we can no longer appeal in the the what brew was, in the background. Of PLL that was a, that was our our dream cameo in the mm-hmm. brew, right? Trying and then to, I think somebody else added like we would be playing chess in the background or something yeah. weird. Yeah, some Queen's Gambit shit. Um, dream podcast like. I know this is tough because like I, I really enjoy the We Hate Movies podcast, but like I worry that like I would just be harshing the vibe by being there. You know, <laughs> like I don't want to screw up a good thing by like uh like not getting like the comic timing or whatnot. Um That's a comic show. Yeah. And uh you're not a comedian. No. Not funny at all. I don't you're not a riffer per se. Mm-mm. That's not your style. That's true. Um okay, well. Um and then as far as um show guests on i don't know i guess it'd be fun to be like an extra on like the expanse or something um trying to think like what what shows are currently on that i watch like ongoing shows i feel like everything's like a a series you're like a mini series almost at this point you know what about like a past show a past show it'd be fun to be on lost to be like uh oceanic one of the other oceanic survivor who just like catches an arrow to the chest or something you know Guy next to Neil Froger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That or Buffy. Yeah, you'd be a vampire on Buffy. Who here's who staked. I don't here's who I don't remember what role he played at all on Buffy. Pedro Pascal. Oh, he's in the freshman. He's the guy, like the kind of nice guy she meets who then becomes a vampire. Yeah. Okay. This is before he changed his name though, right? I do not know. Okay. All right, your turn. All right. Uh so this is from Jana. Are there any talks to make trouble into a show? Um, only between us. To be honest, I have not really pursued that. I've just been way too busy with other shit. Um, I don't know. I'd like to think there could be. That'd be nice. Hmm. Um, Rain asks, have you seen Now and Then? If so, how do you feel about it? Have you? I have. I saw it this year. Okay. I I don't think I've seen that movie. I know what it is, and it's possible I've seen parts of it on television, but I don't think I've ever actually watched it all the way through. 
Um, mm. But as far as I know, it is kind of one of the more beloved coming of age movies uh, for, you know, women of a certain age. So that could be a headcanon for sure at one point. <laughs> yeah. I would want to guess for that. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure there are friends of the pod we could bring on for that. Um, all right. So Alicia V here. I'm not recalling much gaming talk, but I could be forgetting video board, tabletop, whatever. Do you even game bros? Do you even game Marco? Uh, so, well, up until 2020, I had a, uh, semi-regular game night crew. That, uh, <laughs> sorry. that wasn't, uh, sorry. That was just me coughing on my gin. That wasn't any uh, reaction to what you said. Or anything. <laughs> well, that was sharp. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that that was kind of killed by a, a global pandemic. Um, yeah, I've I seen like, I've seen pictures of you with like a quite involved like D and D campaign or something. I think no, no, no. I, I remember graph paper on a table. Am I making that up? If I've ever played D and D, was years ago. Okay, so um, I like um, board games. I like tabletop games. I like uh, you know alternative card games um i don't play video games as much i i I will play the occasional mobile game Uh, stardew valley certainly got me through portions of this year this is the mobile version um i don't know what about you um i mean i've also been aware that you had some sort of uh tabletop game club that you never invited me to but uh yeah i play video games um i don't know puzzle is a puzzle a game i don't know if you call that a game uh, it's a game of you. Yeah, put a lot, of, put together a lot of puzzles this year. But I play video games. I don't have as much time for it as I used to. I tend to like single player, kind of open world RPGs. I guess um, I lost a lot of hours of my life to Skyrim back in the day when that came out. But uh, more recently, multiple times, right? Yeah, yeah. You just gotta keep. I, I, you know, like recently, I was kind of like eyeing Skyrim again. I was like, do I have this on PlayStation? Can I re-download this? And I didn't, which is probably a good thing. Um, cause yeah, I don't know that, that game is really poorly designed in a lot of ways and yet very addictive at the same time. But yeah, currently I just played the last of us part two. I played that Jedi outcast game, which I kind of was just like met about. Um, I just got animal crossing for Christmas. So I guess, uh, I can listen to a podcast and play that at the same time to kind of maximize my time spent. Um, I oh I played a lot of Borderlands three or this year I I played a shit ton of Borderlands two I love that game I'd play it with my friends but um, Borderlands three was just kind of it was fine but it wasn't like I'm revisiting it to grind for loot constantly um, I like games I just don't have a ton of time for them I at some point in the last few years I realized I kept buying video games and then they would just like I would not play them I just had them and they'd be like cool I have this game now and I'm not playing it at all and so I. I force myself to be like no stop buying video games unless you know you're going to play them hmm. all right uh i believe you are next well i mean do you want to do oh, i can do all, I all the shows okay yeah uh at least also says oh can you tell us about your pets past present future pets whatever you want enjoy listening to you chatting about you as much as the media and commentary and analysis well i believe marco you have a couple pets i have two cats um, I feel like I've talked about my cats on this podcast, right? Um, I feel like we just talked about my cats a little while ago. Uh, so I have two cats. Pet, what present. are their names? Harry and Sally, mm-hmm. who 
besides cleaning her asshole. Mm-hmm. Harry is a oh, there's Harry. Can you see Harry? Uh, he not really. I think I think it's like blended in the background. Again. Yeah, yeah blends in the back of the couch. Um, Named that through grandparents, there, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. my grandparents, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Um, <laughs> let's see, they're they're the fourth cats that I've ever had. No, f- fourth and fifth cats I've ever had. And in my years, I've had six or seven dogs. What about you? Are you going to get cats? I thought about it. Um, I mean, the the best pet I've ever had was my cat Felix, uh, who I had kind of from uh, I don't know, maybe nine or ten, all the way through going out to college. Um, all black cat, great cat. Uh, I do not have any cats or, or dogs currently. I am definitely highly contemplating getting a cat soon. I've like, there's like been a chance that I could maybe move or be like, be out of uh, my usual habitat for several months out of the year over the past year or so. And so I've been kind of waiting to see how that develops before I like committed to anything. Cause the last time I did have cats, I wasn't around enough and like, it was just like I was a stranger to them, basically, because I was only home a few days a week. And so eventually I just like gave them to somebody else because they could tell they weren't happy. And so I, I want to be here for a potential cat I would get. But I'm definitely thinking about getting a cat soon. So, yeah, I mean, I think in general, I, I feel like it would be fair to say that you were more of a dog person than a cat person. I'm more of the cat person. but uh, I believe that you told me a few weeks ago that you thought I was a dog person who owned cats. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been thinking about that. That's been running in the back of my mind, but I don't know. You used to have dogs, right? Back when you lived in Georgia. Yes, I had a lot of dogs. And mm-hmm. then since I've been back in California, I've had a dog, but I also also had a cat before these two. So I don't know. I mean, I think people change. Okay. Maybe become more of a cat person. I, I feel like I've always been a cat person. I think I, I may actually be part cat. I uh, I admire their lifestyle. I'd very much like to just lay around all day, lick my own asshole, and occasionally play with string. Well, whenever you come over, I'm like, James, get off the counter. Mm-hmm. Get off the counter. Oh, yeah. don't put your claws there. Ah, oh, God, now I have to wipe that down. Yeah. Or just uh, that thing where you're just, your paw is just moving the glass <laughs> towards the edge of the table. <laughs> Staring at you the whole time. <laughs> That's very you. I just, I feel a certain kinship to uh, the cat persona. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So Whereas a, to me, a, you feel more like a, I don't want to say you feel like a dog, but I feel like you, your personality is more of, of, of what we associate with dogs and with cats, you know, loyal, warm, caring, that kind of thing. You don't think of me as loyal, warm, or caring. I just said I did. Okay. <laughs> All oh, right. this is gonna be—it's gonna be a fun trial someday when we have to introduce exhibits <laughs> from this podcast. Into okay, uh, I think Alicia has one more question here. If you could make a completely random person read any book, what would you have them read? Well, I know my answer to this. I don't know, Marco. No, you go first. I'm curious. Uh, my name is Trouble, written by James Taylor oh, okay. and Marco Sparks. Sorry, I'm uh, okay. I'm self-centered like that. Um, other than that, hmm. Gosh, you, 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 you go first. I'll think so about that. So I've been thinking about this. this is a couple of these questions I've been thinking about for a few days and have yet to produce actual answers because I remembered a, a scene from The Big Sick where Zoe Kazan says to Kumail Nanjiani, like, how many girls have you made watch this same B-horror movie on the third date? And I don't really 
do that. Like I'm, you know, if you ask me, I'll tell you like, here's my favorite movie or, or uh, this is a book that I enjoyed. I can tell you a book that I really enjoy and that if people press me, I will suggest to them, but I don't, I don't like put it in people's hands that often. I don't know. I, I, and then if I do, it's it's extremely like this is a book that I really enjoy in a way, or it 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 appeals to me. It speaks to something about how I see the world in a way that I can't understand, I can't put into words. So I'm hopefully you'll read it and understand it more than I will. And that's probably um, the Raw Shark text by James Hall. It's a it's a very bizarre novel that I just fucking adore. You gave that book to me, did I? Mm-hmm. I must like you because um, I give it to very few people. Which reminds me, I need to buy a copy. Um, yeah, what about you? Um, hmm. That's a tough question. Probably something by Neil Stevenson, just because I feel like he may not be my favorite author, but I feel like he's the author that like I don't really have anyone to converse with about except you. Hmm. Um, and so I'm I'm always interested to to talk about his novels with other people. Um, it maybe something like Anathem. I feel like is a pretty satisfying text if uh, you're willing to invest in the time for like an 1100 or 11 yeah i think it's 1100 words or not words uh pages um yeah maybe anathem would be my my pick there overall i think what was the first book of his i read probably snow crash was probably the first I read. you gave that to me mm-hmm. did you ever read snow crash yeah yeah of course you gave it to me so of course i read it you don't read every book i give you <laughs> don't don't even <laughs> You know how I know? Because you've given me back books that I've given you. Thank you, Alicia. Uh, let's see. I think Kara's question is about the wilds. It, yeah, I think she asked about, you know, how we watch the wilds. I believe we've answered that. Sarvi asked about Taylor, or mentioned Taylor. So I know there's a question there. Savannah asked, why did Benji change his name to James? Um, so I think I've answered this before, but essentially I wanted to put my own name on the cover of Trouble. Because uh, it was going to be out in the world, and I wanted to see my own name on it, so that's why the change. My my real name is James Taylor, so that's why it's there. Hmm. Hmm. All right, uh, we have Liz, who says she feels like she needs to write a whole email in response. Um, I don't believe we got oh. any email from her. It's about the holiday, okay? I believe. Uh, let's see. And then Lizzie here has Marco used lockdown slash quarantine time to read the Harry Potter books. Marco, have you? No. You think I want to truck in anything JK Rowling related this year? No, thank you. But so I, mean, I did read one of her books. Will, but... will you ever read the Harry Potter books? Other than like the uh, first two or however many you've read? I got to the third one. Um and I read the four and I read the last one. At this point though. I don't know. I feel like I've I've sidestepped those major cultural growth possibilities. I don't, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think strength is great. Vulnerability is a key factor to anyone actually growing in any way. So maybe at some point I will I will feel that desire. But at the moment, I, I fully support you reading them. That is not an endorsement of J.K. Rowling's views on uh, transgender people or politics in general. But I think that. Um, I don't think that like she suddenly became a bad writer just because she has like shitty political opinions. Let's put it that way. Well, I think her, her latest book is, is a little bit cause there's a uh, very anti-trans storyline apparently. I mean, not shocking her... that that's her latest book. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, 
I don't know. I almost kind of hope at some point a, a publisher steps in and is just like, we will still sell copies of your books if we take your name off. I mean, I'm sure Warner Brothers is like, hey, could you fucking not? <laughs> you know, like, well, we've got Fantastic Beast 3 coming out. Kudos to Warner Brothers for at least addressing the Johnny Depp issue. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like giving them credit for that is not a whole lot. You know, like no, after no. there's a whole court case that he lost and everything. Well, congratulations, Warner Brothers. You you finally did something. Yeah. Uh, where are we at? I think it's your turn right now, right? So um, podcast suggestions from Jana and then Lizzie also stepped in. So I, the way I interpret this question is... They are suggesting shows and then asking if they could be possibly podcasts. Mm-hmm. And it's a yes, no, or maybe answer thing. So I'll just mention the shows and you tell me okay. if you can envision it. Mad Men. I don't know if I'd have anything intelligent to say about it, to be honest. I feel like there are people much smarter than me that have done podcasts about it. I'm not sure what I would bring to the table there. I do really love the show. Or books. Yeah, I mean, there's... There's better sources for for mm-hmm. commentary, criticism, or entertainment there. Orphan Black? You know, I never finished it, so maybe. I, I seem to remember the plot really just kind of getting away to the point where it's like kind of hard to pick up organically. I really enjoyed the show. Um, I just never finished it, so do with that what you will. My thing about Orphan Black is when I compare it to like a show that we've done every episode for and then some, like PLL, there's a couple of episodes of PLL that I thought were not great. I mean, like actual episode, not great, mm-hmm. but still found value in discussing them. And each each episode on a very granular level, very interesting to discuss. And there are many episodes of Orphan Black that I, I, I feel like it'd be fun to dive into. But like there are probably a lot of episodes where just the episode itself. I feel like it'd be going through the motions. Well, PLL as a mystery show is it, that's still even in an episode that's kind of like blah. Like there's still the overarching mystery that you're thinking about. Whereas Orphan Black, not as much of a mystery. It is very plot driven, but you're not it's very serialized. Yeah, yeah, you're not seeking the que- the answer. But to I the mean, question. like like a season at a time, maybe I don't mm. know. It's just things that are like you and I don't want to talk about, like Matt Frewer. <laughs> I mean, never, no. Uh, Game of Thrones. You know, I feel like I have uh, plenty of takes stored up about Game of Thrones. We used to talk about Game of Thrones like fairly regularly back on our old podcast, Time Travel Murder Mystery. Um, but I don't don't bring up Time Travel Murder Mystery because then somebody's going to be like, "Why can't I find that?" <laughs> yeah, but I think in general, I, I my sense of the mood is that mentioning Game of Thrones now is just like a big smelly fart in the room. It's gauche. Yeah. And so I just don't know if anyone would be into it, really. Um, I think my interest in that show primarily was always in the way they were doing the adaptation, which fascinated me because that was kind of the first example we got of a long series actually getting a TV adaptation as opposed to just like a single movie. Um, and so that always like really interested me in like the, the kind of the choices they would make. Obviously, at a certain point, that becomes irrelevant because there are no bo- books that they're adapting anymore. Um I mean, I've got, I've got lots of takes about Game of Thrones. I just don't know if that'd be worth the time to record. At, at some point, you have to think, like, are a hundred people going to be listening to this, or is there actually an audience for it, you know? Yeah. I mean, especially what you said, the first two seasons of that show, what a fascinating way to, like, take something from the book where it's like somebody's telling you a story in the book 
and saying, well, this is a show, let's show that. And then vice versa. There were, there were episodes of that show where it came down to a character's monologue because there was no way you could get mm-hmm. into showing. And it was like, it still was, was captivating. Uh, the PLL remake. <laughs> I'm sure I'll watch the first episode of that show. At least I don't really like the writing talent involved. So I don't know, man. I guess we'll see on that. I feel like, I don't know. Tell me if I'm crazy. We could commit to maybe podcasting about the first episode. If... For sure, it's it airs at some because this could be like four years away. If it airs some point where we're still doing the, I mean, I guess given our standing as like the longest running PLL podcast, we kind of have to. Um, but whether or not we fully commit to doing an episode by episode thing, I guess that uh, you know to be continued. Uh, and I'll just tag on Lizzie's here too. Community. Um, I love community. I feel like doing a comedy show doesn't work i mean we're, we're not comedians ourselves but i think we try to have fun with the material we're podcasting about if it's already funny like you don't need us just watch the episode yeah i think the only way you can do a podcast about a comedy show is for it to be a very serious podcast and um the one thing that i absolutely despise whenever i listen to a podcast it's a bunch of comedians jerking each other off is them talking about the science of comedy. Um, there's nothing less interesting to me. I mean, to me personally, I just wish there were more podcasts out there about comedians who live in LA talking about the old days and like grinding it and having, and having their friends guest mm-hmm. and they can all say, actually, it's really weird. Cause I, I would say your comedy style is a lot like John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And know. about how there's stuff you can't joke about anymore. I just think we need more of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't have you can't have two Mark Marins on one podcast. That's too much. The world can't can't sustain that assholery. Uh, Gilmore Girls. Uh, you know, I've only seen like God, th- three episodes of that show. If only two guys would podcast about Gilmore if, Girls. If only there was some concept, you know, it's kind of like a gimmicky thing, but it's like two dudes podcasting about a show that's primarily you know you know aimed at a, a female demographic. Like, uh, yeah. What would you even call a show about guys podcasting mm-hmm. about the Gilmores? Yeah. Maybe you could get like a nice feature in one of the major publications where you've got a big goofy coffee cup and you're like, mm-hmm. hey, it's it's me. And then have a cameo if they ever do like a, yeah. like a follow-up miniseries on like say Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, I mean, if you could also marry that to having your asshole LA comedian friends yes. show up every week. It's the perfect melding. <sighs> Was that enough shade? I think that was enough shade. I mean, we can do more, mm-hmm. but it'll be off. It'll be off mic. <laughs> uh, all right. So Caitlin here asks, which lost characters would you find funny to be a part of the PLL world? I think it would be hilarious to see Jack Shepard having to interact with Ren. Uh, I like the doctor vibes of those two there. Uh, yeah. I think they could get up to some fun for sure. I feel like Ren would be horrified by Jack. And think about And that. vice versa, though, you know. Jack would be get very well, self righteous with Ren. How does but but in what single scene is Jack aware that Ren is just like trying to smash it with teenage hotties? You know what I mean? I like, could picture the episode of Lost where that happens. You know, like Jack getting his tattoos and something something like him noticing one of his fellow doctors spending way too much time with this Spencer Hastings chick. 
Okay, so it's not like by not like the Biling episode. Yeah. It's a different mm-hmm. different Jack getting tatted up. Fred doesn't have any tattoos, right? I don't know if we ever find out about that. I mean, uh, sadly, he was compressed into a diamond, so we'll never know. I would love to see Peter Hastings just like in the background when like son visits her father or 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 like Peter Hastings is like one of the guys that Saeed has to kill in the flash forward. I can I guess I'm I'm trying to think about it now. I feel like I could see PLL characters more on Lost than vice versa maybe. Does yeah, that makes oh, sense. Uh, like a, a PLL prank, plane crash mm-hmm. on a on a mysterious island. That show Ooh, that show is fun. I like yeah. that. That's messy. Like uh, just imagine Jenna on an on an island. I could see I could see Jack Shepard and Jenna for sure. Like he's like you don't you don't have he's Vincent, you have trying Shadow. to help her see again, you know. But I mean, like if you instead of Jack, if you just had like Spencer, Spencer and who from Lost, like Sawyer. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, literally, just put the PLL characters into okay. Lost. No Lost characters. Um. I think you have a very interesting show there. I like, think uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just picturing like, could you get a scene between Miles and Arya? I think that would be fun. I think, I think Miles like, would have uh, like so little time for Arya. That would be hilarious. Like Allison becomes like the Jack's dad at the beginning of the show where it's like it's just a, only a, Spencer a, a sees specter, her. Yeah. Yeah. And like, she's always in that yellow top. And then, um, God, who would it be? Who would be the one who has to like go back? Well, you know, in, to the, uh, instead of uh, bringing in, um, gosh, I I'm so bad with names now. My brain is mush. Um, what's the name of the spooky lady with the eyes? The Grunwald. The Grunwald. Yes. Uh, instead of bringing her in, if you brought in like Miles, the uh, the Ghost Whisperer, mm. to try to speak to Allison beyond the grave, and he's just I mean, like taking Arya's money. Putting lost characters solely into a PLL setting. I don't think we need to do too. solely. I'm just, I, I feel like the question's like, how would they mix? You know, I'm just picturing like Kate and Sawyer and Charlie wake up in a barn and Jack wanders back in and he's just like, I thought I heard her screaming. <laughs> I mean, I think in the PLL world, there'd definitely be some problematic content with Sawyer interacting with one of the girls, maybe like Hannah. Although, uh, I mean, man, Kate... he would be stepping all over Caleb's game there, you know? Caleb's like, I thought I was Gambit. And then Sawyer's just like, you're not. What what nickname does Sawyer... That's the question I keep waiting for people to give. What nickname in PLL does Sawyer give all, to the, all the people? I mean, one of them's going to be Freckles no matter what, right? That's, that's repetitive. Blondie, yeah. Um, I mean, like, uh, Kate Spencer would be like Arya Nancy Steen. Drew. A Kate and Arya scene takes place in a tree because they both love mm-hmm, tree climbing. That's true. I could write a whole fanfic about this. Mm. All right. Um, I believe it is your turn now. Uh, I mean, this question from Liz. Where does Marco Sparks get No, no, read it out. Where does Marco Sparks get off of all the Joe slander and the Little Women pod? Where I don't do know if I really slander get Joe. off on the Joe slander? Uh, I get off here, there, and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really think I slandered Joe all that much. I just said I I, I appreciated Amy more. I related <laughs> to Amy more. Um, I did like the gift you posted there. It's a good gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle O'Brien asks, would you guys be interested in reviewing the Marvel movies in chronological order? 
I know you've done the four Avengers movies, but I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on the less impressive of the run. Iron Man 3, I'm looking at you. Um, I feel like we're constantly threatening to do all the Marvel movies and I've just never actually pulled the trigger on that. Maybe someday. Uh, s- soft answer, Michelle. I think Iron Man 3 is one of the stronger. Well, it's in the middle, at least. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe in 2021, we'll finally do the Marvel movies. I, we're, we're always threatening to do them. Um, I've been listening to the binge mode podcast right now where they go through the Marvel movies. And while there's some things that have kind of started bothering me about that podcast, it, every time I listen to them do a movie, I'm kind of like, Oh, I want to watch that movie again. So um, mm. maybe, maybe there's something there where it hasn't been fully explored by other podcasts enough that we'd have some interesting things to say about it. Am I crazy? I feel like Iron Man three is better than at least the first two Iron Man movies. It's tough. I mean, I, it's more enjoyable to me anyway. I, I guess there's like, positives and negatives to iron man 3 it feels less connected which maybe is a good thing maybe a bad thing i guess we'd say about it it's it's more connected to the first avengers movie i mean i appreciate the movie actually taking tony stark of all characters and examining at least you know in in namesake alone like ptsd but it's not really connected to the second avengers movie though at least not very well i wouldn't say so no it's it's yeah. it's, it's directly after the first one yeah. so it's it's just like falling out from but that. But it doesn't feel Whereas like it like, continues on in the next one, I guess, which maybe that's no, more of I mean, an Avengers problem. But And I think that they learned to do that. Like, obviously, for the bulk of this, the second Spider-Man movie, it seems like it's the fallout from Endgame. And then at the very end, it sets up, you know, whatever Phase 4 would be. Um, yeah, so that was Michelle's question. All right, Liz asks, uh, for Scott Pilgrim, who would you cast instead of Michael Sarah? I feel like it needs to be someone non-threatening and youthful looking. Otherwise, him and Nye is this truly gross to comprehend. So you already answered this in the Scott Pilgrim episode. Yeah, I was trying to remember who I cast for that. Do you happen to It was Alex Sadler. Right, yeah, the guy who plays Crash of Crash and the Boys. I would have cast him because I think he's a little more rascally but not uh, too much so that you would absolutely hate him. I don't know. It's it's tough because your main character is a real cad, and it's tricky performance casting to pull off. I mean, the easy answer is like someone like Logan Lerman. <laughs> that dude's like, how old is that guy now? I feel like he's been like 19 forever. Yeah, but I mean, he's like uh, salt and pepper 19 now. Like he's mm-hmm. uh, he's he's like posted some thirst traps. With like oh, he's really? got like yeah he's got like he's like now like uh, baby Aaron Taylor Johnson kind of looks, didn't. but I could see where like you need somebody who's good looking. Let, and let me ask you this: be... How old do you think Logan Lerman is? In reality, yeah, early thirties. He's twenty-eight. Wow. Yeah. Good for him, but I mean. I just don't look at let's let's call it what it is. I don't think anyone wants to have sex with Michael Sarah. I just don't <laughs> believe that. I'm sure people do. Good for you. I just don't see, see it. I can see where you're coming from, but at the same point, I feel like people like Scott Pilgrim as portrayed by Michael Sarah, like in that age range, they're getting plenty of action. Hmm. This is why I've never had the luck of knowing a Knives Chow or Ramona <laughs> Flowers, I guess. All right. So what do we have next year? That wonderful Nikki. gift of Amy there. And then, yeah, go ahead and read Nikki's questions. Uh, first question from Nikki. Now that you've done your rewatch, use PLO actors to recast Buffy. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've done this before. Have it's we? usually 
I feel like we've had years ago. So it's usually Arya and or Spencer or Buffy. I was just thinking about that. That's tough. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Not Hannah is Buffy uh, or Ashley Benson, I guess. Well, the problem is you have. Are you recasting the character or you're casting the actor? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, I mean, she's much smaller, but, you know, Janelle Parrish could be your Cordy for sure. I mean, um, if you go with Lucy Hale and or Aria, then I want Spencer as Faith. Ooh. And I want her to stay around for a long, long Who'd time. Who'd be the Willow? More importantly, who is the Giles? Uh, Peter Hastings, of course. Is it Peter Hastings? I mean, it's not Ezra, right? That'd be too weird, yeah. right? Yeah, that'd be real weird. Uh, I mean, although, although, I mean, I, I mean, there's a part of me. Peter Hastings is more of an Ethan Rain, but you know, yeah, there's a part of me that would appreciate the Ezra relationship a lot more if it was much more of like not just like a slow burn, but like a moonlighting, like they never get together, but you're always aching for it, partially because it doesn't involve like a an adult man having sexual relations with a teenage girl, but also I think in general. We complain about the Mulder and Scully relationship. Do we? But like it kept, well, I mean, we complained about like them not getting together for years and years, or a lot of people do, but like it kept your ass coming back and it got worse once they were together. I'm just picturing Peter Hastings. He's like, Spencer, never told you about my old nickname from high school. It was Ripper. Ripper. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Who would be the Willow? I don't know. I, Ah, Arya could be a Willow, I think. No, you don't like that. I don't think. Uh, I don't think uh, Arya is empathic as well. I mean, I, I guess Spencer is an obvious answer there. And I mean, I, this is where it's like actor versus character because I think Shane Mitchell would be a good Cordelia. I don't know if Emily would be a good Cordelia. Nerdy Mona would be a good Willow. That's true. Yeah. Um, Who's Oz there, Caleb? Is Allison is Allison Jesse? <laughs> oh, that's just way harsh for, for Allison would be like I don't know harmony or something. Um, or is she like the is she like uh, the secret twist master? No, that'd be like like Ian. their friend who their friend who disappeared and got like, actually turned into like the queen of the vampires like a year earlier. Mm-hmm. Who'd be the Jenny Calendar? Melissa Hastings, maybe. Huh. I could definitely see Tori DeVito in that role. Well, then it's definitely not uh, who, who would Toby as, as be? It's, oh, okay. You know what? I just realized there's an incredibly Toby's, obvious answer to who Toby Toby's would Jesse? be. No, Toby is Angel, clearly. Yeah. Well, then who's Caleb? Is he Spike? I think he's Oz, maybe. He could be Spike. I mean, who's Ezra? Well, Ezra is not Angel. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah although the, ezra the, is, the age difference thing works for him but yeah who who would ezra be in this continuity ezra's like wesley guy oof oof i don't know have we seen ian harding fencing before we need to see his <laughs> fencing skills he's classically trained right he's a theater actor is he sure Here's the problem with this question is it's either a ridiculous question that I want to blow off or I want to spend like three hours on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to figure out like every variation and then spend 25 minutes like 
feeling out every storyline of that variation before I wipe the slate clean and start the next variation. This is the kind of question that fucks up my brain, Nikki. Uh, question two. How did your Christmas go? This year sucked, so I hope it was a good one. How did your Christmas go? Uh, it was as, as good as can be, I suppose you could say, in the uh, the era of COVID. I was uh, double masked with a surgical mask and a N95 mask in an uh, outdoor Christmas setting. Um, I don't know. Shout out to my parents for putting in a lot of work. Like The, re- the rest of my family is essentially in a bubble together. Like If one of those... Uh, people gets it, they're all getting it type of thing because mm. uh, they all interact a fair amount. I do not. I'm kind of separate from them. And so they put a lot of work into building this whole outdoor kind of open air shelter that we can, you know, have a Christmas tree in and and interact in, but it's like large so we could socially distance and there's air moving and whatnot. That's pretty much all for me because the rest of them, as mentioned, are all kind of uh, interacting with each other regularly. So it was... Um, you know, as good as we can do while still being safe, I suppose it would be nice to be able to enjoy that whole thing they set up without having to wear a mask and like stay far away from people constantly. But, um, yeah, it was, we're all, we're all just making do this year. I I hope they keep that. I think they're going to turn that into like a workshop or something. I kind of keep, hope they keep that, uh, outdoor structure for next year. Cause that would be cool to be in like a normal, you know, don't have to wear a mask type of environment to just enjoy an outdoor Christmas. It'd also be nice if it hadn't like been drizzling off and on all afternoon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's How's see. your Christmas? So, uh, I had a great Christmas. It's probably the best Christmas I've had in several years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, alone, but not alone. And I appreciated it. Um, then we have a question. We don't have a question. We have a, a, a guy named Phil. I don't think he's responding to us. Yeah. No, he's just going after one of our listeners Mm -hmm. because she had a Canadian flag in her. Cool. Uh, Is that it? Shall I do the next one? Yeah. I was just calling out Phil here. Okay. Uh, Best day of the week, AKA at Domino Wild, ask Mary Ho Ho Bros. When does your podcast in the wilds come out? I mean, how can you not cover a show whose pitch is clear? So clearly PLL meets lost. I think it'd be fair to say that within the next few episodes of Hit Cannon, I'll probably have watched the whole thing and we can talk a little more about that. And then when you say PLL meets loss, I mean, really, it's there's an Ezria thing. There's a little bit of an Emily thing. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I definitely see where like that's the first thing that like, you would go to and it's a general this meets this thing. But I appreciate that the Wilds is also its, its own kind of unique thing. It's definitely like a, like a YA novel that I wish I had read as a teen. Um, all right. I guess the last one is from Casey. <laughs> I appreciate this, this question. What did Maya know? What did Maya know? It's Aria. You're a killer, not Ezra's wife. What did Maya know? Maya knew fuck all. <laughs> well, she knew how to make a website. Um, what, do you think, what do you think she was supposed to know? It seemed like she she knew about Nate St. Germain. Yeah. Was there more than that? Maybe yeah. knew something I mean, about Ian? It's not like she was going to know anything about Allison, really. Maybe. Unless it was like, unless it was like, oh, you know how we're always finding like clues and like the hoarded I mean, garbage to me, that's, of Allison's house? That's the actual good answer there is that Maya knew Allison was alive. I think that's like, mm-hmm. if if you could go back and tweak a few things here and there, it would make sense for Allison to know that Maya was still alive. 
And that that Allison knew Maya was alive. I'm sorry, that that Maya knew Allison was alive. I've had a GNT here or two. Season season six twist. Mm -hmm. Allison shows up and she's like, Emily, Maya's still alive. Mona could know that. And Mona obviously knows Allison is still alive. And that would be some interesting drama between Maya and Emily if she kind of knew that in the back of her mind, like what was going on there. That that like her not kind of totally taking Emily's grief seriously because she knew like the truth behind it, I think. Um, so I mean, I, I, I was never, I don't know if we've ever really asked the, uh, any of the writers about this, like whether or not they just like could not get Bianca Lawson back or if it was just like, we want to like kill off this character or like what, what the behind the scenes stuff there was, you know, cause it, it seems like there, there could have been more. Is it a book thing? I have no idea. Hmm. I'm not sure. I've read the first four books. I, I don't really remember much about Maya beyond that. I know like Emily starts to get a crush on like some like youth group singer or something like that. So I, I'm, I'm trying to remember if Maya really comes up again, but Does I she have like a baby. She, she ditches. I too think she might have it with that dude. I'm not okay. totally sure. Cause I left off in book five, but yeah, I don't. Cause even in the second half of season two, we'd get like these texts from Maya. But like she wouldn't actually be on the show. And I don't know if that was just like you can't get the actor or if there's like that was just by design, you know, like what the the purpose of that was. Or you'd have her in episodes where she's like a real drip at like a swim team party. And it's like, and like issue this I ultimatum. I, this. I need you to run away to San Francisco with me. And Emily's just like, no. Yeah. 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 yeah so I, I think what what would have made an interesting answer to that question is that Maya knew that Allie was still alive. I think that would have created some good potential drama there. It wouldn't be us if the last question wasn't PLL related, right? Uh, there is actually one more question. This is from friend of the pod, Kirstie, the uh, co-host of the Scavengers Horde podcast, which is a Star Wars podcast. Say this one for last because I, I, I might go off on this for a little while. But the question is, what would you and Marco like to see in future Star Wars stories? you have any thoughts on that, Marco? And part of this is a reaction to like the the announcement of all the shows mm-hmm. and then like the the i feel like that was a lot and then the brutalization of like oh also one more thing book of boba fett um i honestly don't have a time period or or a certain era of star wars or whatever that i would initially say look at because i mean besides what we've already talked about like you know an x-wing show or whatever but like i just think they created something very interesting with Ray, and then and then for me, I ultimately I then saw with like Ben Solo, and it stood apart while being connected to the rest of the Star Wars and Skywalker saga in a really interesting way. I would like to see them not clone that or duplicate that, but but actually go through the effort of like creating an interesting relationship dynamic that can be very Star Wars, but very much its own thing. Um, it's why I think every time we re-examine Last Jedi, it's it's better. It's always better because it it honors the past of the franchise and gives it a future. Um. So please go off. <laughs> uh, so I I got this uh, tweet while I was doing my little power walk uh, around the block a few times, and not only did I like black out whatever podcast I was listening to for the next half hour, like thinking about the answer to this, but like, I think my, my mild pace increased by like 30 seconds. 
Uh, so you can tell how, how excited I was to think about, well, what would I do if I had any control over future Star Wars stories? So allow me to pitch to you a, a six-movie continuation of, uh, I guess, the saga, one would say. Not a five-movie. Six-movie, yeah. Because you always like five movies, I noticed. I got to six this time. Okay, what do you got? So This is, this is Skywalker Saga. Well, it, it will weave into that. Let's put it that way. I okay, think okay. I think you pitch this as a new saga and you you're kind of like vague about the time period it takes place in because that's a spoiler. Let's put it that way. Okay. But I think movie 1 is it like let's just say it takes place in a part of the galaxy far far away where there's like uh there's several star systems they can go to but there's some sort of, you know, transitory mists or whatever that like nobody can travel through and so this is like this is just separate from the rest of the galaxy or something, right? And I think you do, it's, I, I like a, an idea of like this, like kind of like lost tribe of force users. It's a matriarchal society. They use the mm-hmm. force. We don't really know a ton about them. I don't know what the actual story is here. It's some sort of just basic space adventure. You know, if you're, you have at least a couple of lead characters who, I don't think they have lightsabers yet because at the, at the end of the, the first movie, I think they've like achieved like, knight status or whatever and they're granted their lightsaber like they've earned it and they get it and they turn it on it's red and you're like oh shit they're actually the sith this whole time we didn't even realize that what's the level of technology star wars level i mean i don't know you know i mean i think have they like, have hyperspace i think they controlled between planets are their cities more like tatooine or more like coruscant uh, probably nothing as big as coruscant i wouldn't think um but i feel or like, like the snowy planet that they go to in rise of skywalker snowy planet the little like little snowy settlement that they did they, they oh, run from drugs God, on. i forgot about that whole plan existed yeah i don't know i mean I, I assume that they control multiple systems let's put it that way okay um but i, I think you definitely want to steer hard in the face space fantasy side of things um but i, I like the idea that you don't realize that they're sith until the end of the first movie Mm. Uh, when it, like she ignites a lightsaber, it's red, and, and you're like, "Oh wait, I've been following the villains this whole time." Because I, I like the it, it's a she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a matriarchal society. Let's put it that way. So it's okay, a she, okay. but I and and yet I don't want it to just be like, "Oh, clearly they're the bad guys because they're women." You know, like I think there's an opportunity for a dialogue there. Um, More like I just saw this in the Lake of Wonder Woman, 1984. Okay, sure. Cool, yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> episode. The, the next movie would be the movie that's just like it's it's in in the distant past you know it's i I think i've talked about this on other podcasts before where it's just like your seven samurai jedi type movie where like eventually basically the whole movie it's some sort of old adventure and at the end of the movie uh some some dark force user gets encased in carbonite and kind of preserved to pop up again in the future right so i would just say that this is a good time to pause this episode go back to our Greedo shot first episode where you pitch uh, episode seven <laughs> right after the disney sale which was I'm, fun. I'm still stuck on that theory of like you could you could do your theoretical standalone star wars movie and just like preserve one of the characters in carbonite and bring them into whatever other story you're telling later like you know hundreds or thousands of years in the future so this is the second episode in your your double trilogy well, i think the the way you're pitching doesn't feature anyone from the first movie i think the way you're pitching this to audiences you don't tell them this is all connected necessarily okay okay so you just you, you say well, we're going to do a new a new storyline in a different part of the galaxy 
And it's about this, like, you know, you discover at the end of the first movie, oh, this is like a cis society that's like cut off from the rest of the galaxy or whatever. We don't know what time it is, anything like that. And then you do this separate standalone movie that's just like, hey, this is this is old for public Jedi on like an adventure or something like that. And then the third movie would be part two of like your like cis society trilogy or whatever, um, where I think this is where the, the person and case and carbonite would like come into the fore. You know, I have, I have no idea how this mechanic works, but I like the idea of something where it's like, if you achieve some sort of trial, you can demand like a, a boon from the force or something like that. Something where you demand, um, something and like one of them says like i demand a champion the other says like i demand a hero or something like that that'll come up later because one of those people will be whoever's encasing carbonite and originally i thought maybe it would just be like a sith lord encasing carbonite but what if it was instead like it was one of the luke skywalker no definitely not luke skywalker what if it was someone who was kind of the, a hero of the jedi from time long past ben solo but is actually like kind of like an authoritarian nightmare, like kind of like just a dogmatic and rigid and kind of like horrifying to bring into the present, you know, like I think there's some interesting things you could do there that uh, perhaps uh, kind of a, such a strong adherence to the light side is maybe not what you want. Master Dolores Umbridge. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I, I think, I don't know, at least, at least not more active, I guess you'd say rather than like, mm. you know, like, wielding political power but you know someone you could bring in who's kind of like a horrifying moralist um and of course the other one you know i think there's like the two main characters of that trilogy one of them wishes for the champion one of them wishes for the hero the hero is this like horrifying you know rigid jedi the champion would be ben solo but you wouldn't find that out just yet can you explain to me what the difference between a hero and a champion is here i don't really know Maybe that okay, maybe I that mean, verbiage is wrong, but something where you think they're bringing you th- you think who they brought back is the hero, let's say, but they're actually wrong about that or something like that, you know, or or vice versa. So somebody brings back Ben Solo. Well, you don't know about that yet. I think this is where is this taking place in relation to like the end of Rise of Skywalker? Well, I'll tell you because okay, movie four is pitched as it's the Finn movie where it's like the adventures of Finn liberating uh, the stormtroopers. It's some sort of thing where like maybe like Hux faked his own death. Like he had like a, on like a bulletproof or blast proof vest or whatever. And he's like, you know, gathered the remnants of the first order and they're wreaking havoc. And like Finn and Rose must team, you know, combine to, to go, you know, free the stormtroopers, whatever, like stormtrooper rebellion. Like it's the Finn movie. Rose is in it. Poe's way in the background. Ray is like, it's like no one of these talked to her. She's gone off to do her own thing, you know, whatever, right? Oh, Ray Skywalker? Yeah. In my heart of hearts, I want to retcon all that. I'm trying to work with it, you know? Okay. So I, I, I think it's easy to do. Movie five. Movie five is like part three of like our like, you know, Sith Order trilogy or whatever. Whatever happens at the end of this movie... You you think everyone's been defeated, and then, oh shit! Like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Ray shows up, and she's like, "Where is he?" And she's like, "And they're like, what are you talking about?'" And it, like it turns out that they accidentally resurrected Ben Solo as well. And then movie six is episode ten, where it's like crazy big Star Wars. You know, how can you meld the Jedi with like this like lost tribe of Sith? You know, is there a way to 
you know, reconcile the two of those ideas, possibly with another larger threat, something like that. Hmm. I mean, it's, uh, it's ambitious. It's a little disjointed, mm-hmm. but it's, it's intriguing. It's ambitious for sure. Uh, so really it's, it's one trilogy, two star Wars stories mm-hmm. as they used to be called, but are all building episode towards 10. episode 10. Yeah. And, so Daisy Ridley's like in her forties by the time this comes out. Well, you know there is um there is a series of Star Wars books. It wasn't particularly good, but one of the concepts was interesting. Is there was like some like lost tribe of the Sith who like crash landed on some planet and like were couldn't achieve uh, hyperspace travel again, so they're just like stuck there. And so like the society that evolved out of them, and uh, of course the the lead character that you're following around from that tribe was like some teenage girl who would go on to meet Luke Skywalker's kid and it'd be like a YA thing where like they're into each other with their, you know, enemies or whatever. Um, I think you can improve on that. Um, mm. But I like the idea of an order that seems perhaps a bit harsh in their methods, but it's like, like you don't know that they're Sith. And so I like the idea of mm. introducing the audience to a society where you're on the side of our, our protagonists and then are like, Oh wait, is that a bad thing? I tell you, sometimes I think to myself how I wish I were a teenager last year (laughs) so that 30 years from now, when I become J.J. Abrams of that era to to, to helm a new trilogy, I could be like, no, no, the real sin of those movies was what they did to Ray and Mm -hmm. Ben Solo. (laughs) Not that that the twins got separated. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, um, I guess I just like the idea of pitching pitching Star Wars fans on like, hey, we're going to do a totally separate trilogy. It's its own thing. And then like kind of springing on him at the last minute. Psych, this actually takes place like five years after the Rise of Skywalker or something like that. And Ray shows up at the end and just like the the shock and awe that that would have. Not just for like nostalgia's sake, but like for the character moment of it. That's intriguing. Mm hmm. And then in episode 10, where they're like, by the way, you're not actually related to Palpatine. That was just a lie because it's stupid. I think about that. I'm trying to think, where did I first think about that? Um, The last episode of Doctor Who was going to a bad place and they did like a, a stupid long lost reveal retcon. And I just kept thinking like, this is so easy to blow off <laughs> in like the next episode. If you had a different showrunner, which so they won't do it. But like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I hate the idea of having to blow off a movie because it's a movie. It's like, it seems like that's a, that's the thing I guess is that I know you have more room as a TV show episode to, to, to retcon around it. But as a movie, I feel like that's, that's even more insulting in a way. Well, I guess cause I, I know that as, as much as I would like to, one must build on what has already come. You can't just ignore episode nine, you know, so you have to, to live with it and, and be mature about it and try to incorporate it in your story or whatever. But I do feel like you could still build towards something else out of that. And the only word I would I would nitpick there is the the word mature because I hate the idea like oh I have to take the high road, fuck you, uh, set, fuck you JJ. Such is the life we've been living. 
But this mentality, though, I think for me kind of originated with not that these are things are the same, but like Spectre. Oh, and you remember all these movie. people? But people were all like, uh, oh, it's so easy just to say that the last act of Spectre was like a, a fever dream that he had. And like, that's where you pick up the next well, Bond movie. And I'm like, that's insulting. It's even more insulting than what happened in Spectre. I will say this Bond is a different type of franchise. And yeah, it's not generally speaking, except for the, the current you know uh, bond canon or whatever like one bond movie the next there's no real connection between the two so you could just come you could just make a new bond movie where it's like daniel craig is bond and you just like never mention any of the other shit and like no one's really gonna complain about it well the the counterpart that though is they do reference previous events but they do it so casually in the craig movies yeah well, prior to that, like Roger Moore goes to visit Tracy mm-hmm. Bond's grave. You know, that's not his movies. So those, those, it, it takes into account things happened, but the, the silly things that you make fun of, like, like the entirety of Moonraker mm-hmm. aren't so plot. Well, it's, it's not like there's this one the continuity, you know what I mean? Cause like clearly Bond is like existed since the sixties. So like it's yeah. every Bond movie is sort of its own thing, even if they're pretending sometimes that they're connected. And there's there's people who misread that I have had conversations with people who would testify to me that they have seen a scene in the movie where somebody has said, you're the next guy to take on the name James Bond. And I'm like, no, definitely doesn't that's, exist. That's never existed. in any well, like, movie. And It's always the same character. I'm pretty sure in the world is not enough. There's some brief allusion to um, uh, the Lazenby Bond, right? That's the family motto yeah. is the world's mm-hmm. not enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the one too that they always reference back to. So it's always the same character. Everything happened. We just don't talk about it. And thankfully, nothing so egregious happened. You know, it's not like at the end of the movie, Bond winked at us, drank his martini, and said, "Actually, it's it's James Skywalker." You know what I mean? So that you have to. But I've been thinking about that since that movie of the idea of, oh, that was a pile of shit. (laughs) How does somebody pick that up and make it like palpable? And the next one, and obviously the second greatest scene is the idea, or the second greatest sin is the idea that Palpatine doesn't actually fuck. No one can see right now, but Marco is uh, massaging a tender all his hair over his head, which is uh, quite mm-hmm. hypnotic. Mm-hmm. What if, uh, what if it was like the Amazon Lord of the Rings show is just about like young Palpatine, and he fucks, he fucks so mm-hmm. hard, so much. Yeah, I just I don't want to do a prequel, so I would just I'd prefer to to keep on going. I like the idea of. I mean, I guess you could say it's, it's like it's a about... Sith matriarchy, but it's not totally Sith because they're so cut off. Like it's been thousands of generations or whatever that it's not exactly the same. But I like the idea of an, an order of force users that is different from the Jedi and kind of like an adventure with characters within that setting. That I remember being excited out of Last Jedi thinking whatever Ray does, it will not be it won't be whatever the gray thing is, mm-hmm. but it's like she she doesn't have Jedi teachers. So she's not going to do what they do. She doesn't have Sif teacher. She's not going to do what they do. And that's going to be the thing that defeats her enemies because she is forging her own path. Um, so I, I'm intrigued by what you've got there. Though that said, Star Wars and the whole Joseph Campbell thing in some ways has benefited from the like good versus evil spectrum of human experience. Whereas I was just thinking, I was just repeating this line to myself earlier when I was, you know, on my own power walk of sorts, my spiritual power walk. Um, Star Wars has always been kind of sexual or at least like uh, um, sensual. Like 
I'm going to show you the power of the dark side. That's uh, there's a lot you can You're read. You're saying into. Vader Fox? Well, we know Vader Fox. <laughs> At least He's once. Yeah. Son. yeah. <laughs> it all seemed weird to me that like, it seemed like Vader should have been like 40 years older or something like yes, it, it seems yes. like there should have been a 40 year gap but it was a 20 year gap yeah and there were, well, you have the you have the carbonite it's like it's it's doable yeah. it's so doable yeah because like the man good fucking luck figuring out what the hell do you do with what does you and mcgregor look like <laughs> in this obi-wan show he's just been living hard at the most likely cantina for 20 years just getting fucking shit faced every night that's why he aged so quickly <laughs> Uh, I I wish someone anyway. The in conclusion, bullshit. Star Wars stories. I want I want like a cool, mostly separate from the main kind of continuity or whatever storyline where it's like Star Warsy, but you don't have to worry about any like the, the the existing story. I like the idea of a kind of a flashback type story where somebody gets encased in carbonite at the end, some sort of like. Seventh Samurai, Jedi on a Mission, whatever. That seems like fun. I like a Finn story, like give Finn his proper due, give him and Rose a storyline, Stormtrooper Rebellion, and then I like episode 10 to kind of bring it all together. Stealth sequels is intriguing. Um, It's an intriguing concept in general. Mm -hmm. Backdoor Uh, sequel. Because again, um, you're also pitching basically Asteria or whatever her name was to a certain degree. Uh, like the Linda Carter cameo, but uh, from Wonder Woman 2. But I just want to create a new dynamic in relationship and characters that I can get as passionate about as I did about Ben Solo and, and Ray Nobody. Um, and, and, you know, I would love to get for Finn and, and Rose to get their due. I don't know that Star Wars currently is equipped to do that. I'm sad to say. They could be, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I don't know. I just want something new that isn't just like, here's the backstory of this character. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, a, a sequel TV show that has a lot of questions that I don't think that the show wants you to ask, like the Boba Fett show. Yeah. I mean, to me, <laughs> one of the ways that Star Wars can be interesting is in like the moral dilemmas it proposes and like how you think about them. You know, so I feel like mm-hmm. if you had a society built on like the teachings of the Sith, like what would that look like? And, you know, you have you can have heroines in it and like they'll react in different ways to like their teachings and whatnot. I feel like there's there's a lot of good material there uh, that you can get into like philosophical discussions other than just like, isn't it so cool how there's a hallway they walk down and like kill a lot of people? I mean, does a Sith society have to be so tyrannical? I don't think it does. I mean, in some ways it, it probably would, but in other ways, like I think there would be an appeal to it. Like there'd be parts of it at least that you'd be kind of like, Hey, yeah, that sounds good. And so like kind of reconciling those I think is, is interesting. I mean, I don't know. It's just, I had this conversation about religion last night with somebody and it's you're telling me that the the person that's all about you feeling pleasures and, and seeking ultimate knowledge has to be evil mm-hmm. well, that's that's a perspective i i feel like palpatine's thing is that he's basically just bastardized and taken over even like a sif wait i mean do all of those hundred thousand people need to be faceless snm yeah. sycophants i don't know I, I just don't know 
All right. Uh, well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Greatest Shot First. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's it. I think that's our last question. Let me just check the notifications real quick. Uh, Taylor Swift, end of year reaction from James, please. Um, thumbs up. <laughs> uh, very much enjoyed Evermore. Is number three on my uh, content for the whole year. Um, I, I feel like you'd uh, also give a thumbs up as well. Do Evermore? Yeah, I mean, Evermore's grown on me more. It didn't... All I've said is that it itself did not grab me as hard as Folklore did instantly um whatever we talked about last week like songs that i i I think about let's do a lot that i would add to that list long story short yeah i've been watching lots of reaction videos to to t-swift fans listening to evermore and Mm -hmm. to me it just seems like the reactions for the first half of of the album are much more interesting than the second i do like long short story or long short story whatever um but like the reaction to like tis the dance season for example you know or like or to champagne problems when she says what a shame she's fucked in the head they said like just like the like the like the eyes people make like oh fuck you know um yeah lots of fun i mean it's uh it's a shame that like was it jimmy kimmel that interview where he pulled out the chart of like expletives and they've shown up in her albums and there he's like, why there's so many this year. And she's just like, it's been a fucking year or whatever. I support it. Uh, I fully support it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look forward to whatever Woodvale will actually be called in March. That'd be really awesome if we got one more. Cause I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really digging the evolution of her, her songwriting craft. Oh, I mean, and just, the way that I feel like she just calls the record label and says, this is what's fucking up. And the amount of, of logistics that she's able to move uh, unspoiled. Mm-hmm. I, I, I heard no whiffs of evermore prior to that Thursday morning. Did you, oh, I mean, she, she posted like the Instagram photo or whatever, you know, like, or not up to much, not a, yeah. you know, not a lot going on. And everyone is like, yeah. what? But then she, she dropped the, um, the long lakes, like Disney plus video, yeah. like the next day or something. And so people are like, Oh, okay. That it was just about this. And then just like, but, boom, but evermore. All of that came from her. Yeah. It wasn't like some record label cue was just like, watch the water, like new, new, new TS album mm-hmm. on the horizon. It's like, yeah. Yeah. One, one can only hope maybe to just to round off the pandemic era. She's got one more up her sleeve there that she can drop on us. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've uh, answered all our questions here, covered all our topics. It's, uh, it's been a hell of a year, 2020. I I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a weird communal thing where I feel like in twenty years, you know, if we're fortunate enough to be alive, we'll all be able to look back and be like, that was the worst year of our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Fucking hopefully. Um. But I mean, everyone out there, none of this matters if you don't survive it. <laughs> if you can't learn and tell this tale, so please stay with us. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to everyone who has purchased Trouble. Uh, we did a contest earlier, as I'm sure you're aware of. You listened to these episodes where we had people tweet their copies of Trouble. We had some lovely guests, uh, Kayla, Megan, and Courtney, guessed it on us, on the pod with us for a few episodes. And it was uh, a lot of fun. So we're doing it some more. 
are doing a new contest where you can leave a review of Trouble Balls Finds Me, or I suppose my name is Trouble, I don't know, whatever you feel like, uh, on a review website of your choice, be that Goodreads or Amazon or Apple Books or wherever, uh, to shoot us some sort of tweet or DM or email or something to let us know that you've read the review, and we will mark you down for a uh, new drawing we're going to do. We'll, we'll pick a few names from the uh, the new pool of candidates there, anyone who's left a review, and you can uh, host the Headcanon pop, uh, podcast with us, You know, pick a movie or TV show of your choice to talk about, or you can be on our PLL podcast doing a commentary. So, yeah, if you want to get in on that, leave a review of the book and let us know about it. And crucial, and let us know. Mm-hmm. Because there are, very... there are reviews sometimes that I see, and I'm like, does that person want to be included in the podcast, yeah. or is that just like a, a random person We're... who left to review the book? Yeah. We're not assuming that of you. Plus, mm-hmm. also, it's key that when you reach out to us, then we know how to then get back to you. Yes, yes. Um, right now, your chances look very good. Yeah, we've we've had less this. entries into this contest than the last one. So if you really want to get on a pod with us, uh, now is your time. Yeah, don't hurt our feelings. Come on. Well, I mean, you know, leave an honest review. I'm not saying it needs to be positive. Well, I, I don't mean that. Right? I just mean like... Don't don't not enter our contest. Don't hurt our feelings. I feel like that. you should open up one of the things that got you on the air right now. That sounds scary. I know. Isn't mean? it? Isn't it terrifying? You're just wondering, what, do you what does he mean by that? Why is he bringing it up now? Come on, go ahead and do it. Open up the soft package. I The soft package. I really need to pee. Okay, go pee and then open the soft package. Okay, so we have paused the podcast for a moment because Marco went and opened the present I got him. Marco, mm-hmm. your thoughts? Uh, trouble merch. Well, not exactly. I, I just realized, were you wearing this before? Oh, do you mean was I wearing this trouble shirt the whole time? Yes, I was. But you couldn't okay. tell. Nah. No, I couldn't I couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. So I got Marco a uh, a shirt with the trouble logo on it, and on the back it has the little killers here. Um this is I don't know, Teespring or Zazzle, I can't remember who I used, but uh it's it's an American apparel shirt, mm-hmm. so it's one of those two, but I, d- I don't know if we could sell this as merch. I think it'd be too expensive. Um, mm. But I don't know, maybe I, I haven't looked into it enough to see like what options are out there to sell. I mean, I have no idea. There'd be like maybe 10 people who'd want a trouble shirt or something. Um, but I don't know. Let, let us know if you care about that enough for us to sell any sort of shirt. Well, on a very personal note now, once the world stops being over, we have whatever the post COVID thing is. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to have a situation where you and I can meet up for dinner or a movie and surprise. Oh shit. You're wearing the shirt too. God <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to say with like shipping and everything, this is like 40 bucks, which like I wouldn't want to tell wow. somebody to like spend 40 bucks on a trouble shirt. Um, no. But maybe there's some cheaper options out there if I explore other things. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, I just made one for somebody for Christmas that was a cafe press. I mean, cafe press is a little not as nice, mm-hmm. but it was like 20. Yeah. Okay. That's reasonable. Yeah. Um, I mean, so it's, people just have to know this is not like the high quality shirt that we would love to. I, and to be clear, we would not be getting rich off this. You know? <laughs> no, <laughs> it just no. be, if, if you really wanted a trouble shirt, let us know. We'll see if there's some way to offer that. Yeah. I'll post some photos. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about wraps up this pod. Um, I don't know when we're going to record next. I feel like we should take a little time off, but we'll be back in January. 
to I feel like we've gotten a, a ton of good requests from people as well as like us mentioning like something we should do during the podcast and whatnot. So I'm sure there's something we can come up with. And there's old requests. Uh, um, Troy was suggested Troy. to us in person. Really? At our last meetup. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, the director's got hopefully. Oh, yeah. That was repeated to us because, or that was suggested to us because we had brought it up on the podcast mm-hmm. a few times, apparently. Um, yeah. So I don't know something. I don't. I don't know what screams start of twenty twenty one. I mean, eventually we're gonna have to do the Marvel thing. I feel like we just keep putting it off for some reason. Well, do we do we bring back the the heartbreak month of February? Oh, I mean, are there more crushingly I mean, emotionally devastating movies that we can do besides the ones we already did? High fidelity. I guess that kind of fits. Yeah, although he does get back together with her at the end. We'll see. We'll be back. Yeah. We hope for better in the next year. Certainly can't be worse than this one, right? Knock on wood. <laughs> can't wait to get vaccinated in what? What do you think now, June? No, I, I feel like I'm going to have a vaccination by the end of March. I feel good about that. Okay. My sister's going to get yeah. it like in a couple of days. So. I know somebody who got it last week. Nice. And, you know, definitely, you know, it's the way it's reported. It's really insidious. Definitely had a fever for like two days mm-hmm. afterwards. That's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> That is not mm-hmm. a failing of the vaccine that will save your life. And you know, your, I just, your... I just always think to the born legacy where like they're using a viral vector to give Jeremy Renner like superpowers essentially. So make him an, make him an actor, mm-hmm. make him a lead. <laughs> Didn't take. <laughs> all right. That is the end of this uh, pod. Thank you all for listening and, and have a happy new year. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.